Welcome to Basement Fodder, the only show produced by two men with beards in a basement. I'm Todd. And I'm Dave. That's probably not true, though. There's probably a lot of fucking I was about to say, I was like, fat bearded podcasters. We know some of them. podcasters, yeah. Like. Fuck them, though. They know. Yeah. <laughs> only them. two bearded men in this basement. The only two bearded men in this basement with a slightly disturbing monkey bus sitting there staring the, the, at me. The hair, the hair is kind of freaky. <laughs> I, I just recently got a, a Planet of the Apes bust that's just deep death staring oh, into like, like a pile yeah, of cups like, I haven't yes. taken upstairs but uh, welcome to the show it's been a while but uh, again we have really hectic lives so we yeah. just sort of try to do this when we can yep but uh, last night was well, last night and Saturday night was Wrestlemania and uh, we have plenty to talk about on that but also we recently got to see the new D&D movie uh, yes. and we got to see it before it came out and we didn't want to do a show until it actually, actually came, it came out, out. because you and know, it's opening to avoid, weekend. Yeah, well, it was opening weekend. It was opening weekend, and it did relatively well. And you know, not anything massive, gangbusters or whatever. But I think it's one of those movies with all the critical praise and all the fan praise, and it's going to get some word of mouth. And definitely, actually, a lot of I think it'll do well. Talking about that, that they said like its opening was good. It was mm-hmm. solid, solid, yeah. And that a lot of like good critic mm-hmm. uh, reviews and a lot of like the audience reviews apparently are just like amazing, ecstatic yeah. and stuff so like it apparently it knocked the uh john wick off for the number one it did, movie. Yeah. so like i mean you know that's pretty telling mm-hmm. um so we'll see how it goes i think they have a certain level of expectation with it uh i mean it may not be as high as they had hoped but again there was that whole fucking bullshit with uh wizards of the coast and D and hasbro yeah. and like you know, right now I think they need to have a little bit more realistic expectations because they're not the most liked company. No, so, yeah. <laughs> not by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, we got to go. Uh, I had gotten a thing where it was like Amazon Prime members got to go like a week early mm-hmm. for like one showing that one day, you know, and it was a matinee on Sunday, so we end up getting tickets for it, going to see it, and uh, and I would say that like. As you guys know, we're, you know, old guys, long-time fans, jaded as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Because we are. Yeah. <laughs> and I will tell you that I had very little to nothing to complain about. Yeah. This is a movie that if you are a long-time, lifelong D&D player, that you can find tons of stuff to be happy yeah. about. And it's a, it's a movie that if you've never played D&D in your life, you can walk in there and have fun want. with it. Yeah. I think the thing that a lot of people need to understand too though is like it's a D&D movie yes. so like things that like rule wise for people who play D&D like I wouldn't hold things so hard to the rules mm-hmm. and like the guides and all that stuff because you know there's a there's a limitation with those that you kind of are like okay I know what I can and cannot do you know that it, there's rule sets for it. this right. is a movie you could do all kinds of shit Michael Bay could you know blow up robots and James Cameron can make blue rabbits fucking in the ocean and shit like that you know it's like there's all kinds of stuff so there has to be a level of like letting go of yeah. certain things and honestly <laughs> if you're okay with that yeah the movie is phenomenal yes. I think it does a great job of showcasing a lot of like classic D&D things mm-hmm. 
but not so much to the point where it's like, oh, well, you have to hold true to this one thing that, like, to honestly, probably doesn't make sense to people outside the game. Right, because a person, for example, the, the the biggest complaint that I've heard from like the diehards or whatever, yeah, is with the druid character, yeah, uh, and her wild forms. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, minor spoilers or whatever. Like, if you haven't seen it, you know, I'm not trying to give like massive spoilers or whatever. Yeah. But there's a druid character. She's a tiefling. She has the ability to shapeshift, yeah, into certain animals and wild form. And of course, in the game. There's a very strict limitations on that ability, and how because it's can, a game. Yeah, how much and you, you can need do to it. have those restrictions in not, order for it to not be, be overpowered. Fucking willy nilly, shape shifting into whatever I want, exactly. no matter what I want. And it's like, okay, I get that, but you know, like you said, there needs to be structure to it. Like you can do it so many times, and but in the movie, this is kind of her thing. Yes. Like, this is what makes her so, useful. Yeah. Even more so because it's like she really doesn't cast a lot of spells. No. And like a lot of D and D people would be like, Oh yeah, she's this specific type of druid where they focus on the shape changing right. mostly. Cool. Even in that, they still are only allowed to do it very few times. Right. So that kind of makes no sense to a movie where her main ability is this. Right. Whereas I can go to a superhero movie and they can all do their powers willy-nilly as many times as they want. Right. But if I played a game, I'm only allowed to do it so many times. It's not going to be the case. It's yeah. like when they try to make Superman video games and they put yeah. limitations on his abilities. Yeah. That's why no one cares about Superman video games because Superman is the OP character yeah. of all. He has one weakness. This is why two, the Batman games, you know, right. do so well because one, he doesn't have power. He just has gadgets and he's like, you know, you got to use them, collect them repair them, do whatever, and people are like, okay, that makes sense. But if you're, like, completely in your mindset that this must be exactly as it is, to someone who's never played the game before, they're gonna be like, why the fuck can she only do this twice a day? Yeah. It's a natural ability. It doesn't make sense that she could only do it twice a day. And I know people complained about the thing that she could wild shape into, which was the white, snowy owlbear, Mm -hmm. and most people are like, oh, druids can't shapeshift into that. Yes, that's correct. They cannot. They cannot. But here's the other thing. I've seen the list of, and I've played Druid, and I know the list of things that you can shapeshift into. Mm-hmm. None of them are exciting. Yes. The coolest one is, like, a bear. And no Ooh. offense, but <laughs> in a fantasy world, me shapeshifting into a bear, while, like, yeah, that's a nice little power and stuff like that. I'm in a world where there are dragons flying around. Why can't I transform into one, like, cool, mythical-looking creature? Right. You know? Like, Lord of the Rings, you had a guy who could transform into a bear. And, like, other movies, you had a person who could transform into a bear. And no one else could do that. In this world, druids can all shapeshift into a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it just... For narrative purposes, some things must change. Yeah. And whether, you know, some of these super nerd fans or whatever will admit it or not, how many times have you gone to a movie where it's been, like, stock exactly shot for shot of something... And some things don't make any sense. Yeah. Because in a visual storytelling and in a theatrical storytelling, yeah. something on the page is not necessarily going to translate. Yeah. Unless you've got a fucking narrator the whole time. Yeah. And that is shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so even Watchmen is like, Watchmen is one that you know, a lot of people have been like, it's very, very, you know, close. But they change certain things to make it more logical for screen. Yes. And those things work just fine. I'm not bothered by that. 
but they're going to be those crotchety old D&D guys that are going to be like, ah, it's not exactly the way I want it to be. Uh, um, I don't see any dice in this game. Like, <laughs> You aren't going to see any dice in no. this game. I don't know what you thought. Why, you why aren't they talking like they're at the Ren Fair or something or whatever? They don't need to. No. Because no one's going to go see that movie. No. You show a trailer where everybody's like this and thou and uh, takest like, and most of jackest people, off, whatever. Like, like, people were like, oh, this doesn't look like your typical D&D. I was like, actually, this is the most typical D&D I've ever seen. Because, absolutely. Like, if you've ever been in a game or played a game, ran a game, mm-hmm. it's corralling kittens. That's literally what it is because everybody's got jokes. Everybody's doing murder, hobo, weird shit, you know, like, because in this world... You can. Yes. Yes, there might be some consequences, but you're the one who's making these choices. Take it from two guys that are experienced DMs. Yeah. This is how every game is. Yeah. How many times? Like, go listen to an episode of fucking um, Critical Role. Critical Role, and tell me that's not exactly how. Dude, watch it and look yeah. at Matt's face when there's a dick joke made, mm-hmm. and Laura Bailey just loses her shit because, like, she'll find them. It, like, he'll make a name to something. And she'll start laughing and smiling, and he's like, "God damn it, Laura!" Because he's like, he's trying to be in the moment, right. and, like theatrical with it, and do this thing. And they're making like laughing at dick and fart jokes. He didn't even realize he made. And, and I will like, tell you that every kind of D and D player is represented in this movie. Oh yeah, the casual guys that just are having fun and they're doing the thing. Yep. And then there's also characters that are like hard acting. Oh yeah, and shit. There's a, a specific character. Uh, he's the paladin, the paladin character. And he's very much like your super into it D and D guys that like oh, go yeah. completely full into character and like your full trance around yeah, the and full like fucking like I am here to, I'm, I'm going to save everyone. <laughs> it's and that I'm guy like, that I can't stand to be near at the Ren Fair. Yeah, that guy's I mean, there, and he's he's that you character. Know. And you know what? The other characters even are laughing at, at it, laughing like, at it, yeah. Oh, jokes at it and being like is he really like this like yes. is this guy this guy and how many times are you looking at that and being like I've been in that game before yep. I have you have yeah Ariel uh, you know she went with us too yeah. and like she's like oh god yeah it's every fucking D&D campaign I've yeah. ever played in it is this movie is very much a literal translation of what it's like to I, be I in D&D with the magic caster the sorcerer and stuff as like more looking back on it and stuff like people are gonna be like oh he's like he seemed very inept and all that stuff and I was like do you know how many times I played in a campaign where this caster wants to seem like a badass but half the time they're just like crap and roll dice and then the spell fizzles out and they're doing whatever. I was like, this guy literally was like... This guy is the example of the guy who could never fucking roll. No. Yep. He and just he's the caster. Twos and, and spells are doing all the dick. time. Yeah. And then finally, he gets good. Yeah. And he gets good rolls. Yeah. It just, it is, it, it worked so well for me. And the theater we saw it in yep. was packed with nerds. Yeah. And they loved it. Yeah. Like, I, ne- I didn't walk out of that theater and hear one person bitching. No. And that's saying something with a, with a concentrated fucking stank of nerd that was in there that yeah. no one was complaining. Everybody was standing in there no, with in big fact, smiles. Actually, and people yeah. were fucking clapping. At the end of it, yeah. Everybody kind of, like, stood up and was, like, clapping about, like, how fun it was. And I've heard a lot of, like, different, like, I've heard people that are, like, it's not like Guardians of the Galaxy. Then I've heard other people that are, like, yeah, it is kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm, like... Whether it is or isn't, it's basically, it's fun. It's a fun action adventure. Yes. Like, you know, it's, there's comedy, there's, you know, fun, there's some scary shit, there's some, like, there's right. everything. It's like, it is the quintessential, like, popcorn shoveling, yeah. fun 
summer movie that you're like, oh yeah, this was great and stuff. There's a really great review I read on IMDb, like right after we saw the movie, yeah. and it, these were advanced screening people too that yeah. were making these reviews. And the guy was like, I took my son who I just who just got into D and D in the last couple of years. Yeah. For him, it was a 9 out of 10. For me, it was a 6 out of 10. There were certain things, because I'm an old guy player, that I was yeah. expecting and hoping for that I wasn't necessarily going to get. Yep. But he's like, this is a fun movie above yeah. everything else. It's a really entertaining time. Mm-hmm. There, there might the, the only issues that I see necessarily are like, if you've never been in the world or never played before, there are some things that you're going to be like, eh, I, don't I don't really understand what that makes stuff, sense. Yeah. Or like, you know, it drops you in, you know, kind of, yeah. and it doesn't like... You know, spend twenty minutes giving you a bunch of fucking backstory or whatever that's no, not it necessarily. Hits the it hits the ground running, and that's what you need to do in a movie to make it exciting and fun. There's yeah. not a single point in that movie where I got bored. There's not a point in that movie where I felt like I could look away and just yeah. kind of like whatever. No, I held the pee. Something for is like... always happening. Yeah. yeah, I had to piss like a fucking racehorse. But it's the that, entire like, I don't movie because I don't want to miss something. Because like all the like around the corner, there's always something good mm-hmm. or something funny or something. You know. And there are all these wonderful little touches and stuff that you like. As a player, I never thought I'd get to see, realize. Like we've had D and D movies before. We've had that shitty oh. one from two thousand and the follow ups that were super low budget, and some of them were actually pretty damn good. Yeah, the low, low with budget. the limitation yeah. of their massively no yeah. budget sort of thing. And it's like, did I expect walk in there expecting to get to see like actual you know dragonborn or dragonkind people and yeah. shit like? fully realized as a not a CG creature but as a fucking actual costume like one of the biggest like massive gold stars I give this movie is like there's a ton of practical effects in this oh yeah the three different like like crazy actually four because even the dwarf yeah like the like all of the races like the crazy like you know races that you'd see elves the bird uh, I can't I I can't I never remember names the bird people like yeah Jonathan Jonathan Jordan. Fucking uh, the cat people, yeah. uh, you know the dragonborn and shit. Like yeah. all of those are all practical. Yeah, you get to see never, practical bird. Never people, thought I would see that yeah. practical dragon kind and shit. But like that, just like my dick couldn't yeah. be any harder watching <laughs> something like that. And like, even the stuff that is CG though is like it's very good. It's good. You know? Like, we got, you know, some famous, a famous dragon from the lore or yeah. whatever, like the big fat red dragon who's yeah. fucking hilarious. And, like, we got to see all these wonderful, cool things, like all these locations and places mm-hmm. were mentioned or shown. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just, I, it reminds me of when I saw the first X Men movie, yeah. like, years ago. It's like, and that movie does not hold up re- remotely. No. But, like, at the time, I was like, fuck yeah, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen because I never thought I'd get to see any yeah, of this shit. Yeah, you're, you're seeing And with things. this, it's like that, but even better yeah. because it's really fully realized yeah. and you're getting to see all this stuff you yeah. never thought you'd see in a million years. Yeah. And it's, it's live never, action. It's not like in an animated sequence where you're right. like, you know, oh. It's never going to please everybody. Like, yeah. these kind of movies, based on something that's really like a massive fucking thing that's been around for 40 years or yeah. whatever, they're never going to be able to do every single thing you want. But yeah. starting from this point, if this movie does as well as it's doing and better, we're going to get more. Yeah, and you will get to see all that other and stuff. The other thing to like, think of is like there's multiple iterations of D and D itself. Mm-hmm. Like there are people that are diehard like first, second editions, and there are other people that are diehard like third editions. Nobody likes fourth. Um, and then there are people that are all like newer players that really enjoy fifth. Which fifth was really approachable, and that's yes. that's the thing. There are many different versions 
of this game. Mm-hmm. And this movie kinda in some way touches like each version yeah. and kinda gives you like this is the super like oh first second edition guy and then this is like the fifth edition that's super approachable mm-hmm. and new and like oh I can get with that. You know, like there's even within the fandom there are people that butt heads about yeah, you know absolutely. like oh I don't like this version because it doesn't do this right and that version did that right and it's like so this movie was never going to be able to like make the entire fandom happy because the fandom isn't happy with because no movie can do that no ask those people that with the Star Wars movies and shit Rings. or Lord of the Rings like how many Star Wars like die hard died in the wool fucking psychotic Star Wars fans hate all those new movies oh yeah because it's not what they think it should be. I mean, shit, Star Trek has them too. Star Trek like, has them too, like, yeah. There's the I don't old, like Discovery because like, they like gay people on yeah, there. Yeah, like... They like oh, gay people everywhere, bro. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> TOS, it was just, uh, you know, fucking what's-his-face. TOS was 1960-fucking-3, yeah, yeah. dude. There's a like, difference. Like, you have to understand that, like, you're not always going to see exactly what your vision of something is no. going to be unless you're that guy making that movie. Yeah, yeah. They're going to do as much as they can. And, like, I will tell you, the guys who wrote and directed this movie mm-hmm. are fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, John Francis Daly, you know, I'm a massive fan of him. Like, I love him on Bones. I love him as an actor. I love him as a writer and director. Yeah. He wrote the one of the, a uh, couple of the Spider-Man movies, too. Yes, he did. And directed that newer Vacation movie, which kind of sucks, but whatever. But, like, this, these are guys that obviously love this. Mm-hmm. Like, and the cast the, did too. Yeah, and like fucking, I've heard I don't know how much of the cast being like, yeah, I'm kind of into it now because of this. Yeah, they're either into it now or, or they, they were, were like to begin yeah. with. Because like Michelle Rodriguez was like talking about when she first met Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. like Fast and the Furious. And he's stuff. like, hey, we're gonna game. He's like, like <laughs> hey, you want to come to my house and I'm gonna show you this. And then he opens up a closet and it's just from she said from floor to ceiling. All D and D books, mm-hmm. like she's like. So when he found out she was in the D and D movie, he was like losing his mind, and she was at like, it's great. The girl who plays the druid was like, this is great, but the party's missing. Like, where's the healer? And was like getting down to nitty gritty of like group composition and shit like that because she's played the game and she knows right. And it's and like, like she uh, she showed up on one of the TikTok guys I watched yeah. the roll for sandwich where he like yeah. rolls dice to create a fucking lunch every day. Yeah. Showed up and did the episode with him. Like this yeah. is the kind of thing like D and D is. This is what I love about D and D in general is like it's one of those things that like you can gather people from all kinds of society whatever and just have fucking fun Chris Pine has been like advocating hard ever since they like played it that he thinks all schools need to like this needs to be a thing in schools for kids he's like like, he got his like mom and dad like to do this Mm -hmm. like and they're like older older folks and stuff but he like got them playing D&D because he was going to do the movie and stuff and they had a blast and they were just like the only person I would say that kind of seemed like he really wasn't necessarily like he didn't know was like Hugh Grant. I mean, he's yeah. all about it. He's just like I don't play it. I've never. I don't know any of the things. So if you ask me, I don't know. He's like, but it was fun to be the character yes. and to do the thing. Because I tell you, you watch this movie and you know he's having an absolute fucking blast oh, yeah. the entire time. It was. Yeah. It, I compare it to Jeremy Irons in the shitty one. Yeah, it's like. 
dude, that movie sucked, but he was gonna have fun. He didn't he give a was fuck. Like, chew it he was like, scenery. cool, I'm just gonna chew scenery like a goddamn wood chipper. I don't yeah. give a shit. I'm gonna be like, I'm evil. Yeah, Fucking like, yeah. yeah. Just I'm gonna make every line just. And Hugh Grant is like, yeah, this is written for me. Like I'm good at playing these like charming con men kind of characters yeah. or whatever. Fuck yeah, I'm gonna have a good time. Like yeah. he is hilarious. Yep. And, like, the thing is, the casting is brilliant in this movie. Yeah. I will say, like, they absolutely found the exact right person for each part. Yes. And I don't even like some of these actors. No. Well, one of these actors. One of the actors. Like, But he was the perfect But choice. he's great. Yeah. He's fucking great. Like, the thing is, like, Chris Pine, he's just relatable enough. Yep. He's just good looking enough. Yep. That you absolutely believe he could be a bard. Yep. You absolutely believe that he could be, like, in this, like, fucked up situation where, yep. like, he has values, but he's gone against them for certain reasons yep. and whatever. He feels very natural to that party. And he's totally okay with cutting a joke, but also being mm-hmm. the punchline to a joke. Mm-hmm. He's totally fine with that. Like he's like it Michelle makes Rodriguez. Sense. Like I love her in a lot of things. I wasn't necessarily super excited when I found out this that that's the part she was playing. But yeah. watching the movie, she's fucking amazing. Yeah. I after seeing it, cannot imagine anyone else doing no. that. She was brilliant. Like there's great stuff with her character. Each of them has good character progression. They have stuff with their characters that it worked out. And like stuff that to deal with and shit. Like, I like the main story. It's a lot of action and like, it's a heist. This is the thing. I get those comparisons to Guardians of the Galaxy because it is an ensemble cast having a shitload of fun with a lot of shit going on, yep. and it's like a, a lot fucking, of action. It's go go go, go, go from and start to uh, finish. It's a heist movie from start. Right. To finish. It doesn't get yeah. quiet. There's like no point where shit slows down to a point where you're like, yeah. uh, we got to get some boring character shit. Because even the way. when they like try to get a little deep and stuff like that, they're like, cool, we touched on it. Now let's get back to some fun mm-hmm. stuff. But not like, not in the way that it like affects the stuff before. Like the problem with Thor. Yes. Where it was like super deep. Jokes for the sake thing. of jokes. Yeah. This is like everything feels like this is where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. And the thing is, going forward, there are so many high-level, like, bankable actors that are giant fucking nerds. Yeah. That are chomping at the bit to be part of this going forward. Yeah. Guys like Henry Cavill, guys like, uh, you Vin know, Ma- uh, Joe Manganiello, Vin Diesel... Like that are giant fucking nerds yeah. and want like so desperately to be to a be, part of this. Like, like I can get I'll, to be in a D and D movie. I'll do anything to be in this movie. Yeah. Like you know, there there isn't a lot of like wasted shit. There's not a lot of wacky bullshit for the sake of wacky bullshit. It's yeah. like everything makes sense. It's so much fun. Yeah. Like there is a fun cameo thing in there from an actor that you wouldn't necessarily expect, and they didn't promote at all. No, but it's like it fits the story. It makes sense. It's a fun cameo. Yeah. And it goes by, and you're like, yeah, that's totally part of the story. And that was cool. But it didn't cool. make so much of a big deal about it that no. it was like, oh, you know, they had to, because of the cameo. If you could turn off that shit in your head that tells you you must, like, you know, nitpick stupid shit that really makes no difference. Because yeah. I tell you, if you're that kind of D&D guy, you're the kind that I don't like playing with. <laughs> Yeah. And it's a God's honest truth. Like, we played with those people. They're annoying as fuck. Shut up. It doesn't matter how much fucking rope costs. I've been an adventurer <laughs> for five years. Bitch, I have rope. Like, <laughs> if you're a power gamer guy that, you know, you're about statistics and numbers and rolling 750 fucking dice, this is not going to be fun for you. Yeah. This is it's like, not about that. This is the people that enjoy the collaborative storytelling elements, right. the fun, the goofiness, the, like... The visuals, whether it be you know imaginative or on a screen type right. stuff, like this is for the people that like the fun fantasy. Right. I'm not gonna say high fantasy. I'm not gonna say like any of that. Because it's stuff. not. It's, it's like it's high fun. fantasy irritates the piss out of me. Like yeah. I can't fucking watch it. It's like yeah. it's mind numbing. This is 
fun fantasy. Yes. This is fun family fantasy. This is the stuff that, It is like, that sweetest of spot. Yeah. That has everything that you need for a hardcore fan and everything you need for someone who's never seen it before. Yeah. And it's so hard to do that. And they did it yeah. really fucking well. It reminds me a lot of, like, that nostalgic, like, 80s fantasy mm-hmm. stuff where it was, like, it was fun, it was family, you could enjoy it, but it wasn't so, like, ridiculous that, you know... And it's like, I'm not saying it's 100% like that. I'm just saying it gives you that feeling. You leave the theater feeling like I genuinely had fun. If you take a kid to see this movie or, like, take a friend that has no idea what's going on or whatever and has not been interested, they're probably going to walk out and be like, I need to know more about this. (laughs) Like, that was fun. That creature looked cool. This is like uh, smoking a joint for, like, getting into it or whatever. It's like... (laughs) And you smoke that joint, and you're like, wow, this is really cool. I think I might want to go forward. I hate yeah. to say it that way, but you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it just, it really, I'm very jaded. I'm a very jaded fan. Yeah. And I will tell you that I was elated when we walked out of there. Like, I had an absolute blast. I wanted to go see it again immediately. If they would have been like, we're going to play it again, you can just sit down. I'm like, cool, I'll watch it again. Yeah, actually, we had talked about we, going and We want to go tickets. see it again. Yeah. Like, I'll go buy tickets again. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. I'll watch this movie five fucking times. I don't care. Yeah. It's never going to get old to me. No. Because I'm going to keep spotting shit that I didn't see the first yeah. time. Because there's lots of little, little bits and bobs and shit that's yeah. in there. And there's scenes that I love that made me laugh, and I'd laugh at them again. We've been it's referencing like, this movie for weeks now. Yeah, just out of one viewing. Yeah, like it is that kind of fun. And yeah, it, like I said, that Guardians of the Galaxy comparison—that's totally valid. Yeah, in the best way. Like yeah. when you and I went to see that first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, we had an absolute fucking blast. Yeah, because these are characters I never thought I'd get to see that I actually liked. They didn't take themselves. They too didn't take seriously. it too seriously. It was a lot of fun, but it made sense. Yep. And like, yeah, there's some issues with the ones that go past that. Yeah, yeah. But whatever. It's but the like, first one was like, okay. Okay, yeah, this is yeah. cool. This is what I hoped yeah. for. This is all I could have hoped for. Yeah. It blew my expectations completely out of the water. Like, and I went in with relatively low expectations. Especially considering what else was on the market mm-hmm. at the time. Like, you think about, like, all the other fantasy stuff that has been out within the last, like, five years and stuff. It's a lot of, like, you know, a lot of Lord of the Rings or, like, The Wheel of Time and a lot of, like, things where it's, like, very grandiose, epic-level fantasy yes, Game of well, Thrones has fucked us royally. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, that stuff that it's, like, that deep level of fucking, like, seriousness where it's, like, cool, that's great, but it's draining. Fucking and I'm draining. so fucking yeah. drained from it. And this was just fun. Like, I felt energized afterwards. Like, yes. I was, like, enjoying it, laughing. And if you're trying to get people to go back to movie theaters, this is the kind of movie you want to make, because, yeah. like... It was fun. These, like, bloody action epics with, like, ugh, downer fucking stories and shit, people are gonna be like, that's cool, I'll watch it when it gets to streaming. Yeah, because not everybody wants to see it. But, like... Stuff. With this, I'm like, no, there's no way I'm waiting. I need to see it now. Yeah. Like, this is so much fun. The creatures that I saw, all the effects, everything. Like, because I'll just be like, honest, like when I first heard this was happening, and I we got that like tiny little teaser and shit. I was like, yeah, don't look great. Yeah. And then we got the full trailer, and I was like, okay, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. But, and then <laughs> boom, more stuff started like, showing, and just, then like <laughs> you get to go see it, and you're like, oh, nope, this is exactly what I wanted yeah. it to be. And so I, I tell you, like, I give it my absolute biggest recommendation. You know, if you're a D&D person or whatever. Or you just like fun fantasy stuff. if you stuff. like fun fantasy shit or if you just like fun movies. This yeah. is a fun movie. Because you don't even have to be a and d fan to go see this. Like, honestly, they keep it, like, 
hands off enough on that aspect yeah. that you're just like, cool, this is fun. You know, you've got. I'm having a blast. Yeah. Like, they're not going to eat some popcorn yeah. and fucking turn my brain off yeah. for a little while. They're not so hard on, like, this is what the spell is called, this is how it works. Like, mm-hmm. they're just like, nope, I found this stick, it does the thing. Cool, let's do the thing with the thing. You yes. Know? But I will tell you, as a DM, and you as a DM, you know this too, that is exactly how shit rolls. Like, yeah. you're sitting there as a DM, and you're like, they're not going to where they need to be going. Okay, oh, look, you magically found a rod of stupidity or whatever. Yeah, like, found the MacGuffin. Cool, you found that MacGuffin, bounce on to the next thing. Yeah, like, okay. Move, this is what you got to do. These guys that wrote this movie, they I swear to God, I don't know it for sure, but they must have DM'd a game at least once or twice because <laughs> yeah. or you know exactly DM what the fuck like, to do like, like, to yep, move the shit along. Exactly. Sometimes you, as a DM, shit gets to that point where you're like, I got to move this fucking story along, and these motherfuckers are going to argue forever. Yep. Cool. Look what magically happened. Like, oh, too long on the decision. Somebody else made it for you. Right. Like, there was none of you at the table. So, yeah, go out and see this movie. Like, yeah. please, like, go to the theater, pay the five, ten dollars, whatever. It's, it is worth it. You will not be sorry. Oh, yeah. You will absolutely not be sorry. So, there's the positive portion of the show. <laughs> the ranting of the good stuff. Now the ranting of the bad stuff. Or mostly bad. Some good. Yeah, it's mostly bad. Mostly so, of course, WrestleMania has, like, expanded in the last couple of years. It used to be, you know, one night and really long, you know. I honestly feel like it could <laughs> still be just one night because, like... I'm not going to say I disagree with that. Like, I understand the... some of the advantage to having two nights if yes. you've got a lot of really great stuff yeah. that you want to get in there and you don't have time or you yeah. don't want to cut people's shit. Or you don't want to overload them with, like... But if you're booking a two-day show, you really have to book a two-day show and not book a one-and-a-half-day show. Very and this is very much what happened to this. So I'm just going to go back, uh, match by match yep. and give you, like, feelings. And I'll tell you, like, first night feelings. Overall, first night is a great show. Yeah. The Saturday Mania card, like, the night one card, I, I had, like, basically one complaint about it. And we'll get to it. Yeah. But, like, it, from start to finish, great show. Yeah. Uh, everything was booked really well. Uh, the matches were, by and large, very good. Yep. And it all came out the way that you came out at the end of the night being like, yeah, that was a good show. Like, I can't wait to see part two. Yeah, excited for part two. So the show, uh, you know, opened up with uh, John Cena coming back to face Austin Theory for the U.S. title. Um, What's the best way to say this? Like, I like John Cena. Yeah. As a person, I like him a lot. Uh, He's a really good guy. Uh, From all accounts, like, he spends a massive amount of his time helping kids doing charity work yep. like and he's a guy that like does, I don't think he's doing it because he needs to do it he's doing it because he wants to yeah and you know I'm sure like every other person you know he's got his issues or whatever but like oh, yeah. a very likable guy yes there was absolutely a time I did not like John Cena and it's mostly because of the way he was booked yes and not necessarily him as a guy so coming back to put over you know somebody is a wrestling tradition mm-hmm. and uh my feelings on Austin Theory are this. He's every guy I've ever seen. He's every guy that's ever come out of that system that they have. And this is the problem, like the overarching problem with WWE right now for me, other than the real problem. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest problem with like new stars and shit is that like they have their own feeder system. Yes. But it's theirs. Like in the era where like Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Even those John guys Cena. John Cena came from was they were using, you know, Ohio Valley Wrestling, Heartland Wrestling, like other, you know, independent yeah. promotions to train guys. They didn't have this like homogenized training. 
and what it's starting to feel like now is the power plant in WCW. Ooh, yeah, where, like, was... literally everyone was trained by the same guys. They yep. all learned the same matches the same way. Yep. And every guy that came out of that looked cuts a promo the same. The same way, yeah. He cuts the same promo. He wrestles the same match. He has the same sort of gear. He's the same sort of vibe. Yep. And unfortunately, that's starting to happen with WWE because of NXT. Yes. And especially because of, like, the rebrand of NXT and, like, the... The re-rebranding. The re-rebranding. Like, it just... Every guy... Austin Theory is a poor man's Randy Orton. Yeah. He vaguely reminds me of Randy Orton at the beginning of his stuff where, like, the character is bears a strong similarity... You know, he's cocky, you know, heel guy or whatever that cuts a cookie cutter promo. Yeah. That you've heard 55 other guys cut the yeah. exact same kind of promo. He's the best there's ever been. Right. You've never seen anyone as good he, as him. His look is fairly generic. His look is very much atypical Vince. Yeah. Like he's a guy likes. that, you know, it's all those, he hits all those points. Yep. Other than having a really great big physique. Like, yeah. that's the only difference. Yeah. And again, a guy like Edge, Randy Orton, he's more that size guy. Yeah. And so, like, John Cena can is at that point in his career, or at that point in his ability to do things, where he can make a good match out of pretty much anything. Yeah. He's not Ric Flair, he's not, you know, fucking Bret Hart, he's not Shawn Michaels, but he's a guy that if he goes in there with another guy who's not completely fucking incompetent, they can have a decent match. Yeah. And this is what happened. Yeah. They had a decent match. Yeah. It was not like, oh my god, this is a fucking world beater. It was not a, quote, WrestleMania-level match, in my yeah. opinion. It was a match that happened. This would have happened on like this is a raw match to me, or right? like a like a mid card or a mid pay per view, like, like yeah. Backlash or fucking. Do I or think or that like John Cena went in there, took this loss, and made Austin Theory the next big thing? Absolutely not. No, I feel no different about Austin Theory than I did before this match happened. I think they think, but I think they it. think that that's going to happen because because he got to win over John Cena. Well, the thing is, John Cena's put a lot of guys over. Yeah. Uh, and some that he didn't, unfortunately, but like... But the thing was, too, when he did it, he was at his prime, where he was at right. his hottest, where it was like him putting somebody over meant something. Right, this is not a torch passing. John Cena hasn't been a regular part of the situation for four or five years now. No. He's like The Rock coming back in. Like, he's an actor at this point. Yeah. Like, he's coming back in because he loves to do it mm-hmm. and wants to have fun and wants to kind of try to put a guy over. But is there enough stink to put this guy over... Be- on John Cena? No, unfortunately. Especially considering, by now, everybody knows when a part-timer comes back, mm-hmm. it's to do one of two things. You're either going to smash him, or you're getting put over. Mm-hmm. And we all knew that, because of the way Austin's been booked, right? we knew he was going Because tonight over. on Raw, John Cena's not going to show up and be like, I need to get that win back. Yeah. He's going to be back, you know, making Peacemaker or something. Yeah. Like, or making like, some cool. awful that movie. That loss meant nothing to my <laughs> movie It, it means nothing. It doesn't hurt him in any way. And it sadly, unfortunately, does not benefit Austin Theory in any way. No. But they think it does. Because like, now it's like, ooh, I have a win over John Cena at WrestleMania. Cool, that looks great on paper. But in reality, you still are the same wrestler. You've not... And John even actually said this in his promo leading up to this match. <laughs> Which this is, is why, why he not said... Not the best thing to say. No, but this... I love it. I love the fact that he did this. Because mm-hmm. uh, he basically was like, either way, he's like, I'm saying no because... Not because of the fans or because I don't want to wrestle mm-hmm. and stuff. He's like, because in no way, shape, or form, at the end of this match, win or loss, do you come out better for it? He's like, if you lose... You lost to me as a part-timer 
old guy. Right. Whatever. If you win, you beat me, a part-time old guy. And then you now have to go to Monday, right? Monday Night Raw, after WrestleMania, which is the most vicious fucking crowd there ever is, and you have to come out and try to own it. Yeah. And, like, hold that on your shoulders. And they will eat you alive. Yeah, and He's that's like, exactly what's going to happen. I guarantee it's probably happening right now. It's going to be happening in about an hour. Yeah. And I'm not saying you United shouldn't States do a match champion. like this. I'm not saying you shouldn't do a match like this. There could have been a way to do this to where it would have gotten him over. Yeah. Uh, but it needed to be a more long-term thing. So you know what it had to be like, okay, I'm going to come back for like six months. Yeah. Or I'm going to come back for three months or something. They just like, didn't have to Have time. some other stuff leading up to it yeah. and not just like we cut a couple promos against each other and then we had a match. Because yeah. the thing is, once John Cena cuts a promo against you, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Because you're not as good as he is. Nope. You're not going to be as good as he is. Nope. Like... He whether whatever you want to say about John Cena, the guy can talk. Yeah, and he proved that having a feud with The Rock when he did, because like that's the first time that The Rock had come back and had a feud with somebody that it actually felt like something. Yeah, because both of them were just ripping the shreds at each other. Yeah, it but Austin just the Theory rock is not going to rip John Cena a new asshole. No. Austin Theory is not going to rip anybody a new asshole. He's no. going to come out and cut that cookie cutter promo that he was trained to cut. Yeah, that's all he's got. Yeah, and it's going to. Blatantly just obvious. And, and that's the difference between Austin Theory and a guy like Cody. Yeah. Who did come up through that system, but also has had the life experience of going out and making it everywhere else. Yeah. And and having the natural charisma and talent and ability to craft a character, craft a brand, yeah. craft a legacy. That's the thing. Like, they're crafting their own characters. Right. Austin Theory, this isn't his character. Mm-mm. This is the character they gave to him and was like, cool, do what you can with it. Like, you know, this is what we they, expect. They do the, th- the typical thing that Vince does with a guy is like, he will latch onto one aspect of their personality and that is their character. Yes. That's what he always does. Go back and watch Beyond the Mat, like from, you know, 1999 and watch the interview section where like they, they bring draws in the first time. Oh, God. And they're like, you know, what, you know, tell me about yourself, like some things or whatever. And like he tells them like 45 things. But the one thing that Vince latched on to is the guy could throw up on command. Yeah. And so Vince is like, that's it. That's your character. You're puke. You're going to puke. Like, that's your thing. You can vomit. Right. So, is that something that's going to get somebody over? Fuck no. It reminds me of, like, mid-2000s, like, Tommy Dreamer in Raw, where, like, his gimmick was that he fucking would eat anything. Is that something that's going to get someone over? No. No, fuck no, it's just gross. Like, no, Gene Stitsky likes to suck on fucking feet. That's not going to get anybody over. No. Like, you you really don't understand how to make a character. No. So, yeah, it is what it is. Like, it was a fine match. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, it's an absolutely fine, enjoyable match to watch. And it will do literally nothing for this guy's career. No. And then Vince will probably, you know, continue to hand puppet him up the fucking card. Whatever. That's That's how that shit rolls. But... Whatever. So then there was Charlotte and Rhea for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, in, a, in opposition to that first match, this match was fucking amazing. This match was because both of these women, the of the yes, whole show. both of these women are insanely talented. Charlotte Flair is that one pure example of like the legacy character, yep. who you know their dad was the greatest of all time, and then they came in and carved their own legacy out, yeah. and became you know that level of respect for what she's done. Yeah. And the thing is, like, in comparison, 
the only thing that Rick really has over his daughter is his promo ability. Yeah. And she can cut a great promo. It's just a different It's a different kind of promo. Yeah. But, like, athletically, she's much more talented than him. Oh, God, yeah. Like, as a, you know, full-on technical wrestler, you know, she's definitely got more ability. Leaps and bounds. She's more athletic in general. All that. She has, like, the total package of everything, and she's not let the fact that Ric Flair is her father define her life. Yeah. She incorporates aspects of that lineage, like Randy Orton. Or like The Rock, you know, those guys, there are very few people you can put in this category, and Charlotte is absolutely in that yeah. category. They took what they could use, but not enough that it would, like, overshadow them. Yeah, and then she took the time with Rhea, like, they've had stuff back and forth over the last, you know, four or five years. As Rhea has been coming up, there's a history there that they've built slowly on and come back to a couple of different times. And with Rhea being red hot right now. Yeah. With like the stuff that she's done with the, you know the faction and fucking well, she's the Dominic also, stuff. She's also a person that like when you first saw her because I remember when we saw her mm-hmm. in the, that tournament, like talent, mm-hmm. talent out the wigwam, like just natural talent. But it was uncrafted mm-hmm. talent, and it was like to watch her go and slowly create. And yeah. craft and shape this character that she because she does not look anything like she did when she no. started. No. But to craft it and to figure out what works, what doesn't work, whether it's in the ring, out the ring, on the mic, any of that stuff, she has finally like through trials and tribulations figured out what this character is and how to slowly also elevate it from what it was. And the talent is there, and oh, so yeah. you get this person that didn't have the legacy, right? Versus the person who did, yeah. And they're both so just opposite ends of the spectrum, but so parallel yeah. in those spectrums. Yeah, absolutely. And Rhea has grown exponentially yes. from the massive amount of raw talent that she had to yeah. this finely crafted, complex, nuanced character. Yeah, she has. A, a very definitive look. She has a very definitive style. She has, you know, a very unforgettable air about her. She's one of those people you look at and you're like, she's going to be a superstar. You're going to hear her voice and you're going to know that yeah. that's Rhea. Like, yeah. you know, she is very much. There's nothing cookie cutter about her. No, not at all. And they really went out there and just took each other to the physical limit. Yeah. And because I tell they you, could. because they could, yes, because they're that level of talented. Like the crowd was just on the edge of their seat for every second of this match. And that's the best wrestling match ever. Yeah. And, like, there's a there's a bump in this match that's rough. Like, uh, they're doing a sequence, and Rhea gives Charlotte uh, an overhead kind of uh, German suplex. Like, belly to back. Belly to back, yeah. Suplex and German. Charlotte landed legitimately on her face. Yeah, it was like, like face, then knees, yeah. and it was like... And you then, probably would have thought she was unconscious. You know, during that happening, like, it took a chunk of her nose just off. Yeah. Like, OF. Like, rug burn, yeah. bat burn. Like, you off. could see the bare, like, pink underbelly and yep. shit. And it just made it better. Yeah. Because she just was, like, even more fucking determined. And it's like, there's no point in the match where you didn't think she's taking this to the absolute fucking limit mm-hmm. and she's fighting and grasping for every straw to try to keep this title that means something to her. Whereas on the opposite end, Rhea's doing everything she can to take it. Right. And then, like, just afterwards, the the tweet that I think Charlotte sent out was yeah. something to the effect of, like, 
insanely talented. Like I have no problem like, losing to this yeah, person. Like the like, SmackDown title is in good hands. In good hands. That's the best possible thing. Like talk about putting someone over. Mm-hmm. This is how you put someone yeah. over. This is how you torch pass. Yeah. Because Charlotte is at that point in her career where she has established herself. She is the top of that game mm-hmm. in the women's division. I would say in most in most divisions. in most women's divisions. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, I I would not pick any company that wouldn't benefit mm-hmm. from a Charlotte Flair. Like her just sheer package, mm-hmm. complete package, would only help a company. Absolutely, and without question, yeah. without question. And then going forward, Rhea absolutely has everything that she needs to be mm-hmm. dominant. Yeah, and to be like this. The same thing she already is, this really inimitable, unique character yeah. that you don't see often these days. So, to be honest, like, name, most man, of like, them are like <laughs> smaller like wrestlers that, like, unfortunately, like, this is the other problem I have with like WWE's choice of how they train the wrestlers, especially of the female variety. They don't train them within their capabilities. No. They train them in this cookie cutter, these are the moves that we expect you to do, whether you can physically do the move or not. Liv Morgan is the perfect example of this recently. Yeah. They pushed her to the moon, put the belt on her, and then put her in situations where, as a performer, she was not necessarily physically capable of doing some of the stuff that they wanted her to do. Yeah. When it boils down to it, she probably weighs like 120 pounds, if that. I don't expect her. And to she's be able not to... like big and muscular yeah. like Charlotte or you know those you know Rhea, those guys yeah. are Rhea. She's a normal sized woman, like a normal sized person. She's more a company to like a high flyer mm-hmm. in the sense of like you know like high energy, lots of <coughs> off the rope, on top of the rope type of stuff. I don't expect her to then be able to lift somebody who weighs the same amount or more right. and herk them over her head and slam them in certain ways. Like, it's just not possible. Yeah. And these are where you get these horrible botches that they're known for because it's like, you're doing a move that somebody like Brock Lesnar would do to somebody right. and you're not even a fraction of the muscle And this capacity. applies to the guys, too, because there's plenty of guys matches that I've seen oh, yeah. where these are smaller dudes that are trying to do these fucking crazy stacked-up stupid plexes and shit and, and fucking hurricane all... motherfuckers up for power bombs and shit when they weigh 200 pounds. And it all just turns into it looks like shit. and slap matches yeah. where they're just hitting the mat and everything and everybody's like, yeah, that kind of looks like... You know that I hate the Young Bucks like with every fucking fiber yeah. of my being, but they go out there and wrestle a match that's logical to their size. Yeah. Like I, I don't like them. Yeah. But they know what their physical limitation I mean, is. You never like going even old school in WWE. I never saw Jeff Hardy trying to do like press slams to do nobody. Now, granted, he ragdolled himself, and I'm not saying anybody needs to do that. But he knew he wasn't going to be able to do right. The they're other they're shit. trying to apply like video game physics and shit to fucking real wrestling matches. It's like yes, Mike, Spike Dudley's not going to go out there and fucking F five the Big Show. It doesn't yeah. make any fucking sense. No, but they're like, yes, let's do it. But it's like, you're going to tell Liv Morgan to go out there and throw two chicks up on her fucking shoulders? It doesn't make any sense. No. And and what happened? They like that happened. They did. They booked these matches. It didn't make any fucking sense. It looked like shit. And they took the belt off of her, and she died of death. Yeah. And then they try to blame her. Self fulfilling prophecy. And like, it's like that's not the case. Like yeah. So no, it was it, it was a great match. I absolutely recommend going out of your way to fucking go and see that because if you love wrestling, you're gonna love that match. Oh, that match was amazing. Uh, then we had the Usos and Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens and. Uh, 
I'm sorry, the Usos and uh, against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for the tag team championships. Both of the well, tag this was team the championships. Yeah, well, this is a list of matches or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, we're not going in order. I'm just going by the match listing that they have on yeah. here. Uh, but you know what? It'll give me a chance to bitch about this fucking thing. Yeah. So here's the thing. This match was the main event of night one. The only thing I can complain about is like it should not have been. Charlotte and Rhea should have been in that main event spot. Yeah. Because that was the match that had the most like WrestleMania style match. Mm-hmm. Sammy and Kevin and the Usos had a phenomenal match. Yes. Phenomenal. It would have been the All number four two. of them yeah. are insanely talented performers. Yeah. And it would have been totally fine for this to be the semi-main event. Yeah. Now, I understand for storyline reasons, because the Bloodline is such a big overarching thing, that they felt that this needed to be the main event. And I understand that. That logic makes sense to me. But, exactly. like, from a watching-it perspective, eh, this should have been the semi-main. There was parts of it, though, that kind of, like, mm-hmm. drug a little bit in the sense of, like, okay, cool. There was more complicated storytelling that you had to tell in this match than you did in the Rhea and Charlotte match. Yeah. And, like, for a main event of the night... It needs to be straightforward. It needs to be kind of straightforward. And this wasn't. No. So, excellent match. Oh, uh, yeah. It was more than past time for the Usos to drop those belts. Oh, God, yes, much. Um, I give full credit to all the guys in the match. It was great. It was a great feel-good moment. Yep. And, like, for that reason, yes, I do understand why they would want that to be the main event, because it was a big old baby face, happy win. Yeah. And that's something that is a nice show close. So I get that. Yeah. And it, putting a heel over in the main event can be tricky, and they were already going to do that later. So... <laughs> So, yeah, no, great match, though. Uh, I don't have, like, a ton to say about it because, like, I don't really give two shits and a fuck about any of these characters necessarily. Like, I love Sammy and Kevin. I've always yeah. been a fan of Sammy's and Kevin. I turned the corner on a long time ago. He, he's very, very talented. And a guy that can do stuff that he really should not be able to do. Yeah. But uh, excellent match, you know. Would I say go out of your way to watch it? Eh, I don't really know. If you were invested in that storyline. If you're invested, yeah. If you're invested in the storyline, yeah, absolutely. But you're going to watch it anyway, if, yeah. if that's the case. But if you're, like, not invested in the Bloodline shit, it's not really going to mean as much to you. Um, we also had Becky, Lita, and Trish against Damage Control, and that was for the women's tag team titles. Yeah. Uh, the champions are Lita and uh, Becky. Yeah. And Trish is, like, their third. But this was a trios thing. Because it was, like, to nullify uh, Damage the Control is Dakota Kai... Uh, Bailey and uh, I can't EO. remember. Is it EO? Okay, yeah, EO Sherall. Um, great match. Uh, not like massively good. Like it was a fun six man tag match. WWE does. Yeah, WWE does one thing really well, and it's six man tags. Yeah. If, if there's a six man tag on the show, you know it's going to be a lot of fun. Because there's a not like, there's a lot of like hot tag energy right. in there, so it's. Like, Could this yeah. absolutely have been a Raw main event kind of match? Yeah. Really, yes. It was not to me. Where it like take take out the legend stuff. Yeah, and it's not a, ma- a WrestleMania match. No, like put two other you know people in there, and then it's with Becky, and then it's just faction versus faction. It's but the Becky fact that it's like spectacle Bailey. of like Lita and Trish, yeah, I get that coming back. Yeah, that's that's WrestleMania worthy. Yeah. yeah, and they had a fun match. It was good. Everybody did well. There was a couple of rough spots here and there. The yeah, uh, because again, Trish doesn't wrestle on a regular basis. Lita doesn't wrestle on a regular basis. They're both in their forties, yeah. and you know, not necessarily. At their peak, Trish, uh, you know, has done a lot of other things. Bailey, Lita had neck surgery, <laughs> right? Like yeah. Bailey, Becky, those guys—they were doing the heavy lifting. Yeah, 
which is to be expected in that kind of match. So it's totally passable. There's, it's not something I got on my way to see. But if you love Lita and Trish, like Trish did wear some throwback gear mm-hmm. from one of her big, big mess, uh, WrestleMania matches, which is really cool. They had that really cool spot where they, they basically yeah. lift her up. She does the leg thing, mm-hmm. flips one of them off. Like there's some cool. There's spots. some fun stuff in there. If you're like a, you know an Attitude Era fan or like uh, you know Ruthless Aggression Era and shit, yep. where like these are stars from your time of wrestling, you're gonna yeah. have fun with that. You're gonna be like, yeah, somebody I like gotta bring in. Yeah, that kind of thing. It's fun. Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. I hate Logan Paul, <laughs> and I think most people do. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's just, you know, an insufferable prick. Hey, man, brother. And I tell you, what I hate about it the most is he's really fucking good at this. He is. Like, if he had chosen for this to be what he does, he the is. guy would have been a massive superstar. Because he's got... As a wrestler. He's, he's, got he's already skills. a star, but, like, yeah. you know he's what I'm saying? He's got the skills? Yes. Oh, he's a natural. But he's also, like, in the ring and outside the ring and on the mic. Like, that man can, mm-hmm. can talk. He can... Do spots that like even people just like ricochet. He's an excellent healer. Yeah, excellent. Oh god, you want to hate him so bad. He's eminently hateable. Mm -hmm. And uh, Seth Rollins is, as much as I don't really care for Seth Rollins, insanely talented. Mm -hmm. Very good in the ring. Also, somebody else you could hate so easily. Instantly hateable, and he's also a guy who. Sorry, guys, my phone's going off. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's also a guy that like. If necessary, can carry a match. Yes, but it wasn't because like this kid has got insane raw like natural wrestling talent. This was like one of those like Seth could go. It didn't feel like a celebrity match. No, it felt like two guys that don't like each other kicking the crap out of each other, yeah. doing cool spots. I will it say it was a ton so of fun. So far, we've gotten lucky with like him, Bad and Bunny, the, and the Bad Bunny. Yeah, those two. Like, I thought it was just going to be like, oh, celebrity thing, blah, 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 blah. No. These guys brought the talent with them. Like, Yeah. Um, there was also a segment with uh, Miz and uh, Snoop Dogg and shit. Like, that was fun. Like, they were the hosts, and Snoop Dogg's always having fun when he's doing wrestling oh, yeah. stuff. He loves wrestling. Mm-hmm. And Miz is fucking amazing. Like, dude, they get, it's criminal that this guy is not a multi-time world champion to me. Like, the guy is just great. He's, He's a guy who's living his fucking boyhood dream, oh, and yeah. it's beautiful yeah. to see. The problem is, is like he wrestles a certain way because he's also smarter than most. He mm-hmm. wrestles a way that lets him keep wrestling. Yes, he's smart, and he's even said this. He's like, I can do a spot every once in a while. He's like, but for the most part, he's like, I know the style of wrestling that will let me keep wrestling till the mm-hmm. end, and then afterwards, still be okay. I'm not trying to do all these spots and end up like a paraplegic. It's like Jerry Lawler is the, a great example of that. Yeah. Like, he's never risked, never wrestled a high-risk style, no. but he has his match that yeah. he does, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you go home happy because you saw him do his thing, and that's what Miz is. Miz yeah. is that kind of guy. But they didn't have him in a match this year, but they want to use him because they know how great he is. The yeah. guy is a natural in the microphone. He's... He, whether he's a babyface or a heel, he's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Like, he is more of a natural heel, but oh, honestly, yeah. for me, as a babyface, he works really well. Yeah. Depending on, depending on the story. Yeah. So, you know, he was doing his, like, why isn't The Miz having a match on WrestleMania? Yeah. And they brought out Pat McAfee, who'd recently left to go back and do the college sports, you know, shit with ESPN, and came out there, gave The Miz an ass whooping, Snoop Dogg thought it was hilarious, whatever. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yep. Like, if you're into Pat McAfee, I'm sure you'll enjoy it. He's a guy who has, you know, some level of talent, too. Yeah. 
uh, and, and really a fun announcer too. I, I would like say his announcer. skills are definitely more yeah. on the mic. But he's an he's an athlete. He's he was a football athlete, player. Yeah. Like he's got natural yep. athletic ability and shit, and he knows how to fucking hype a crowd. Yes, he does. And it, always fun to see, you know, that kind of thing. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, let's see what else we got. We had the big tag, the multi-man tag match: uh, Strowman and Ricochet versus Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus Viking Raiders. Okay. This is another thing like, yeah, this was a raw match. It was a good one. Yeah. And uh, watching Chad Gable fucking German suplex Braun Strowman was a ton of fun. Yeah. And they did a bunch of, you know, fun stacked up stupid plex bullshit. Yep. Like, it was... Ricochet went to go do his, like, high flyer move onto one of the Street Profits. Yep. He got kneed in the chest. And then Montez, like, his buddy held him there on yeah. his knees. Montez got up on the top rope and did his high flyer thing off onto Ricochet, who was mm-hmm. on the knees. Like, it was a spot. It was yeah. a lot of, It was like, a spot fest. Spot fest with tags. And not in a bad way. No. Like, it was a spot fest in the fun sort of way. It like, was. It, was, to me, was like, it was a hot... There's a lot of different types of matches. So, like... The Rhea match, that's that that's draining because you're on the edge of your seat the whole time because they're just giving everything. So that yeah. that one's a draining one. You got ones that kind of just move shit along, and then you're like, okay, whatever. That was like the you know and nostalgia. That was the damage control. Blah 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 blah. This one, this was an a recharge match. Yeah. These are these matches where a lot of spots happen, where there, it's a lot of like, ooh, and it gets you ramped up more. This is like, you know, where you see Kofi walking on his hands or Sheldon right. Edmonds running up the stairs right. or some shit like that. Like, these are the It's like designed... what Money in the Bank used to be yeah. at Mania. Yep. You know, that kind of thing. It's these, like, it's, it's a bunch of guys having a bunch of fun, doing, doing crazy cool shit. Stuff designed to get you amped for the next match. And all the guys in this match, whether you like Braun Strowman or not, I'm not a fan, personally, he fills a spot. Like, yep. you need one big guy, one real big guy like that. Yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. that big show kind of guy. Yeah. Um, you know, the guys that can do the flippy-doos and shit, yep. and then the guys that are, like, big hoss motherfuckers, yep, and then the technical ball. guys. Like, and then the guy that in-betweeners, like, Street Profits, which are, like, you know, a big, bigger dude and a smaller guy, dude. You got a high flyer guy, and then you got two, like, hoss dudes, and then you got yeah. a big monster with a high flyer. Then you got, like, two technical guys. One's a technical hoss. One's, like, a technical... Like smaller guy, yeah. like you're gonna get all kinds of different things, and it's just gonna keep you going. You're like, there's yes. not a moment where you're not having fun watching this match. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and then the what I would consider one of one of the best matches of the night, as far as the storyline goes, I found this more gratifying and entertaining than like this the Usos, you know, and yeah. Sammy and Kevin. Like those were the two big story matches. Yes. And Dominic. And Ray, yeah, and so like this has been a very slow burn, long term feud, and it's really well. Like when Dominic first showed up, it was it, I was like, oh look, it's David Flair. Like <laughs> it's a guy who yeah he can do things, and he's there, but he's there because he's Ray Mysterio's son. Yeah, he has eked out, yeah, his own path. He has created his own character, mm-hmm. and it's fucking wacky. It is. But it works. The thing is, is like, he saw that being Rey Mysterio's son, and right. that alone, was not going to cut it. No. Because unfortunately, with the wrestling world, they love to hate legacies yes. or, like, wholesome characters. For right? every, you know, Ray, uh, for every Rock or... Randy Orton, you've got Ted DiBiase Jr. Or, like, David Sammartino or fucking 
David Flair. Like, it's like be honest, uh, he, Cody in the beginning. Yeah, like, character wise, character they hated yes. him. They hated him. But it's like, he was just too wholesome. They needed to like, nah, that's yeah. not going to work. And what he figured out, because from from what I've read, this was something that he kind of took and mm-hmm. stuff. Was he figured if he could take the skills that of he had of his dad, but then apply the personality of Eddie Guerrero? Yeah, he was like, "This is something." I will tell you that one thing that Dominic has leaps and bounds over his dad is his mic work. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Ray. You know that. And Ray is one of the most talented guys that has ever stepped in a ring, in my opinion. Promo skills, yeah, they're not great. He can cut a promo; it's okay. But he's the eternal underdog. Yeah, he's it's always going to be. His character is more wrapped up in like how big he is, and he's fighting against the big guys and whatever. But like Dominic is actually like a full-on character. Like yeah. he's found a character. They use that shit where like he, well, I went to jail like for like two hours, but he came back like, oh, now like jail has changed me. I'm hard now, like that kind of, And it's funny. But also, like, he went fully fucking into it. And he did. And then, <laughs> next thing you know, his hair is starting to look a lot like Eddie's. And he's starting to use, like, mannerisms right. and, like, things. And, he man, he was constantly talking to yeah. uh, Vicky Guerrero. And yeah, was yeah. like, can I use this? Was it good? Was it like, right. how, like... And that was the thing. And he was even more like, I should have been Eddie's kid. Blah, 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 you know. He's like, got that advantage of, like, when he was a kid, he was part of that weird storyline, yeah. like, where like, he's, like, Dominic on a fucking pole match or whatever, like, but it's, like, he took that weird little piece of history and was, like, cool, we'll build on that, and we'll, like, build yeah. up this, like, kind of, like, son versus father, like, rage and shit, like, you didn't give me the their time and you didn't whatever. Yeah. Like, all that shit's there. Yeah. And, like, it's been done really well before. They've done it with, like, Charlotte and Ric Flair and, like, yeah. other guys that, you know, that sort of thing. Like, that story can work really well if done the right way, and this yeah. was definitely the right way. Mm-hmm. And the build-up to the match was really good. They, you know, involved the family and shit, and, like, his sister and his mother and all that, and, like, even referenced that feud, like, you know, it should have been, and he should have been my father, like, mm-hmm. that like, kind of shit. Like, it's like... Yeah, there was emotion behind this. Yeah. Like, even with Ray going in the Hall of Fame, that was another level of yeah. thing that added to, like, this father who's got to go out there and try to beat the living shit out of his child that Which he really doesn't want, want to. to do. But then, like, Dominic went to that level where it was like, he was like, cool, I'm going to start harassing my mom and my sister and, like, doing all these things, and I'm going to force your hand. And then, but, you know, again, Ray was always the eternal underdog because Dominic had Finn... Mm-hmm. Rhea and uh, Damian Priest in the Judgment Day. Right. Well, you know, Ray finally figured out he needed to get some backup. Yeah. And end up bringing something back that, go figure, translated to Eddie. The LWO. The LWO. Which I don't, I will tell you, I don't watch much NXT. No. But I know, I had heard that they've been Escobar, kind of building this back up yeah. with like a lot of the, the you know, Hispanic and Latino guys have been like banding together and showing solidarity and they've kind of brought back that LWO thing. Yeah, because it's Selena Vegas, some Escobar, and then like the twin, like the yeah. tag team guys. And this was a perfect opportunity to kind of put those newer guys over and give them an opportunity to get elevated and Because Ray was the one giving them the shirts and right. was like, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah, we need to bring something back that was pro- about our pride. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's not a retread of NWO bullshit like no. with Hogan and Hall and all that garbage. It's this cool little thing that kind of happened on the side, and it was like, 
underground cool yeah. in WCW and if you got an LWO shirt it was like oh that's really cool like, yeah. it's, a, it's a little bit of a you niche. see Eddie come out it's with an niche. LWO shirt yeah, and you're yeah. like is this his joking of the NWO or what is this and yeah. he was like no this was something else and the match worked really well they they do have great chemistry together obviously like Ray you know trained him for yeah. the most part so like so they know what they're both there of. and like the thing the difference is like with Dominic is like he has all that training and ability and stuff and the natural talent but he's also a bigger guy yeah and can do the bigger guy stuff and yeah. like he can pull off you know the fancy moves and shit and the lucha stuff but he can also do like power shit too because yeah. he's not a small dude like especially he's a big, to his dad who's broad a tall guy yeah, yeah. And like having the extra elements of Finn and you know Damian Priest out there as backup and shit and like the stuff that Rhea did with him up to it, like they have great chemistry. They're an interesting kind of pairing and that works really well. It storyline wise was really satisfying to see like you know Ray go over in the end because Ray going over is not like burying Dominic. It's the logical end to the story. Yeah, like this is a definitive end to it. Mm-hmm. Like. If this story goes on from here, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. But, like, if Dominic were to have gone over, then yes, you could have continued that storyline and, like, you know, it done but another again, match later. Logical on. progression. But logical progression is not something they normally fucking understand. No. But, no, it was an excellent match. I enjoyed it from start to finish. Uh, like, I really kind of changed my opinion a little bit of Dominic because w- I'd never really been super impressed by him. Because it was that thing, it was like not The Rock, but like Rocky Maivia. Yeah. Yeah. You did not like him. It was just too, I'm too all smiles and too wholesome, and you're like, I don't like it. Yeah, like it's bullshit. I don't like it. So night one, great. I give it like a minus. Like, yeah, awesome show, super fun. Had a great feeling. Was anticipating awesome stuff in the second night, but we were we started looking like what's on the card for the second night. Like I know the big match obviously yeah. and a couple of other ones, but like eh, what the fuck else? And I feel like they front loaded the show a lot. Oh like, yeah. Saturday was very like this is a lot of great stuff and then Sunday was a lot of like well this is what's left and then the one big the two big the, really like, like awesome bigs, matches yeah. so the curtain jerker for night two which we we had a bet going we on did. Between so before it started like you know it's jerkers. me uh, you know Dave and Ariel sitting there like alright like what's the over under how long is this match going to be and I said no more than five minutes I guarantee it because I know how Brock wrestles at this point. So okay, so the curtain jerker was Brock versus almost. It was Brock versus. We either almost. said it was going to be Brock versus almost, or it was going to be Oscar uh, and Bianca. And Bianca, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, time limit, no more than five minutes. Yeah, I would, I will, I will go to to the die on the hill for a Brock is not going to do more than five minutes with this guy. No, especially if he's taking the the, the pin. Uh, yeah, and the rumor was that he was going to be putting this guy over, and I thought that's not going to happen. Like I, I flat out said, there's no way that Brock is going to lose this guy. And so before the with the match, like the intros were starting and shit, I put a timer on my phone, and the second the bell rang, I hit that timer. Yep. Four minutes and fifty six seconds later. It was over with. Yep. It was exactly what I knew was going to happen. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of hype leading up to it, and what it boiled down to is almost can't do anything in the ring. You've got so you've got <laughs> a giant, like, seven-foot-three guy who's green yeah. as shit green and really as can't grass. do much, because anytime he tries to do something, he fucks it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got Brock, who can do a lot of stuff in a small period of time, and then he's gassed like there's no tomorrow. 
And I will tell you that in this 4 minute and 56 seconds match, Brock Lesnar was sucking wind so hard, the first two aisles were passing out from oxygen deprivation. Like, I can see why he's going to be gone for a while, because he's got nothing left. He goes so hard, so quick... Yeah, that he has no reserve, and it's the same way when he fought, like yeah. UFC or whatever. If you could weather the storm of his, hits, <laughs> right? You know, you're going to win that you're match. You're going to win that match. Yeah, because he's not going to outlast you. He has no gas. No. So they clubbered on each other for a little bit. Then Brock just started throwing him around like a fucking rag doll, and which yeah. is impressive to see. After almost threw him around, like right? A rag doll. Like it's impressive to see Brock Lesnar throw around a big giant guy. Yeah. But hey, you know what? We've already seen Brock Lesnar throw around about ten big giant guys because he's the beast incarnate, and he can pick up anybody. And I've seen this, around. I've seen this feud before with Big Show, and it was better because Big Show doesn't suck. Yeah, like. <laughs> This almost guy, like, I understand. Vince has this giant fucking boner for tall dudes. I get it. Yes, he is physically imposing a in, impressive specimen. He's large. He's, like, scary-looking. Yeah. Because he's not schlubby. No, he's no, built. he's built. He's, he's, he's like... probably one of the better athletically-looking yes. guys of the big ones. Because, right. like, Kali was almost god Ridiculous-looking, yeah. <laughs> and, like, Big Show was, you know, big, but he was always, like, kind of tubby, too. Yeah. But, like, almost this big, in-shape guy mm-hmm. who's, like, physically imposing and, like, looks good standing behind somebody. Yeah. But when the the bell rings and you got to go out there and fucking do a match, he looks like he's completely lost. And the thing is, he's got no mic skills. No, no mic skills whatsoever. He's got no discernible style. No. He is a treat. He does every move that he does. I was calling moves before they happened. Yeah. I'm like, he's going to do this. Yep. He's going to do that. He's going to bear hug him. He's going to tree slam him. He's going to do... Because that's what they give every guy like that. This he is has, the generic has guy set. the great Kali's moveset. Yeah. Except for he doesn't have a fucking chop or whatever. Like, But he can move better than the Kali. But he can actually move. But the thing is, like, he's not super agile. He's not super crazy, freakishly buff. No. Or huge. He's just a really he tall guy. looks Who looks imposing. Yeah. And ultimately... I was th- watching this match is like watching the Undertaker fight fucking Giant Gonzalez or something. Yeah. Like, you know what's going to happen. The guy who can actually wrestle is getting over. Like, if this guy would have beat Brock Lesnar, it would have meant nothing. And I think that's what they realized. I yeah. think because they had booked it, that almost was going to go over him because that's what he's been doing right since he got here was just kicking everybody's ass. But the problem is they were all, like, nobodies or small little guys. Like, when you put him in there with somebody, and, of course, they built it up like he was tossing Brock around Mm -hmm. before, and then they get into the match, and it's like, okay, well, here's the thing. Brock has taken down giants before. So, like, you know, he is the giant killer. Because he can actually wrestle. Mm -hmm. And that's what it really boils down to. Yeah. Like, you can bring in all these giant dudes, and they brought in so many giant dudes. Oh, dude. And the percentage of them that actually become a star. Remember that faction where it was, like, Brock versus, what, Matt Morgan? Yeah. The one giant ball dude who did, like, Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones. Colossus of Bottle Road. Yeah. Big show. Right. It was just all these giant dudes against Brock. Yeah, and, and he kicked all their asses. asses. <laughs> like, now, the Matt Morgan thing was bullshit, because Matt Morgan... Matt died. Morgan, uh, yeah, they dropped the ball on that guy. Like, I really thought he could have been a star, but yeah. whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Ultimately, this match sucked many dicks. Like, I didn't give a fuck. It was it was not a great opener. It wasn't something to get the crowd, like, going nuts good, or anything. It wasn't like, a good Haas match. No. It was just... Because they really didn't 
beat on each other. They just sort of threw each other. Yeah. Like, it was a lot of throwing around. That's every Brock match at this yeah. point. Like, it's, it's just a bunch it, of suplexes. Yeah. And suplexes. Then it's over. Like, oh, he suplexed almost. I was like, that's not really hard. Whoop de doo. Like, you know? if you know how, you know, physically wrestling works, anybody can suplex anybody. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it. 30 years ago. Forty yeah. years ago, in the you know eighties or something, this could have been like this a, would have been like this a is huge Hogan thing, right? Versus Hogan versus Andre. But in like two thousand twenty three, we've seen this to death. Yeah, this is not impressive anymore. Yeah. It's just a thing that Vince thinks is impressive, and his fucking paw prints are all over this shit. Yeah. Anyway, and then they had, um, uh, I think it was the uh, Intercontinental. the Intercontinental match was next, uh, Gunter. Versus McIntyre and Sheamus, and I'll tell you, that's a hoss match. That this was an yes. old school, stiff European. But no, that wasn't match. next though, because it was. Remember, there was two shitty matches, and then that. Oh, okay, well, because the, the other one was the tag match. Uh, it was the uh, women's, uh, the six man women's tag match. Oh or no, the eight man women's tag. Match, oh god, that which thing. was like a fucking mess. There was a couple of good spots here and there. The wrong person won. The wrong team won. No, the wrong person. Won. Yeah, well, that too. But like, it was um, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez who have become an interesting team. I think it works. Uh, Natty and Shotzi, which they're a fun team too, actually. Kind of works. Uh, Ronda and Shayna Baszler doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work. And then Sonya Deville and Chelsea, which are weirdly an awesome that one team. Really worked. Yeah, um, they did a bunch of they tried a bunch of spots. Some of them worked. Some of them really didn't. No. And then out of nowhere, Ronda. Tapped out. Who was it? Uh, was Chelsea. it Liv or Chelsea? I think it was Chelsea. It might have been Chelsea. Yeah, uh, with an arm bar out of nowhere when she did literally nothing else in the entire match. No, she like hadn't been in it at all. And then like Shayna shows up without her boot on. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. So at some point, Shayna lost her shoe. I don't know what happened. Like yeah, but like she just comes in with one shoe and a bare. Literally, foot. the only thing Ronda did in this match was take. A couple of bumps, like from multi spots, yeah, and then tap somebody out. That was the entirety of her the, participation yeah, the in the fucking arm match. barring of Chelsea, and it looked like shit. It did. I'm look like, you're like a fucking MMA fighter. Like, how do you have that shitty of an arm bar look? Like, is it like you can't do it unless you're actually doing it, sort of thing? I think so. Like, it, it's one of those like there's there's real arm bars, yes. and then there's like worked arm bars. worked arm bars. She can't do a worked arm bar, mm-hmm. like. You can talk to people who've wrestled against her. She puts too much into it because mm-hmm. it's just muscle memory. Like, and go break your shit. This was Ronda's going to come back for WrestleMania, so we have to let her win because that's what makes her happy, and she's hard to deal with. I'm, I'm sorry. so fucking tired like, of it, I, though. Is she moving the needle no. in any way? Because I cannot see any appreciable needle move. When she first showed up, yeah, yes. When The Rock came out Absolutely. and there was the Stephanie thing, that was great. But once she became like a full-time competitor for a while or no. whatever, the there, stink wore off. There was two matches. Or there, not One was a match and one wasn't a match. There was The Rock thing at WrestleMania. Yeah. That, was, that was the best. Then the second was the, her and Kurt versus yeah, Triple H. Yeah, Triple H and Stephanie, yeah. That was a great... Like match, kind of it was kind yeah. of fun stuff. But that was it, because then Rhonda got butt hurt about the fact that everybody hated her. Yes, because she doesn't understand wrestling. <laughs> she's an Uber Mark fan, and that's great. But like, even she probably has to admit when anybody celebrity wise or kind yeah. of something like that comes in, didn't you hate him? Mm-hmm. Like everybody hated Ken Shamrock when he fucking came in. Dan the Beast Severn showed up, Tank Abbott, they're all fucking hated. 
And yes, Rhonda, you were liked purely because of two reasons. Really One, famous. You were, you were really famous, and two, they put you with somebody like The Rock or Kurt to go against the most two hated people in right. the authority. That's it. But when she's like every week on the show kind of thing, like you figure out pretty quickly she's really not that all that great in the ring. Like she's a good fighter, a real fighter. Not good on the mic. Not good on the mic. Her promos are like <laughs> And here's the other thing, like I I get it. It was like cool and it's great to hear the song and everything like that. Yeah. The fans don't like that you have Rowdy's thing. No, no, like, not at all. Because even though she had his blessing. She had his blessing, but like the I mean, fans are like, point. yeah, still no. Like Problem you don't is, deserve that. You don't deserve it. You <laughs> don't do it justice. No, at all. Lord no. Like seeing you with the jacket only offends people. Mm-hmm. You, you know, just you're not even a f- fucking fraction of the talent that man this was. This is the problem with like some MMA people that come into wrestling, or like even specifically just with her. Like when you see Ronda, like her gear looks like something from an indie show. Yeah, like she puts no effort towards her gear. Nope. Her promos are lackluster if there even is a promo. Yeah. And I mean, like, this time was the only time that it was a little bit different in the sense of, like, they came out in the geese with the belts. Yeah, but underneath that was, like, a Just, t-shirt and some shorts, basically. Yeah. Like Shayna has better wrestling gear. Everyone in that match had better gear than both of them. Yeah. Like, and Shayna Baszler... <sighs> oh, God. You gotta, find, is, you gotta find another gotta, reason than that. I No, it, that's not it. Okay. It's that there was a time... Where she could have been huge. Yes. She was legitimately scary. Yes. But she's been jobbed out and put and with, so, put many with so many fucking different people that she basically means Nadia well, at like, this point. Nadia. Right. Natty. Like, How many she's... failed tag teams has she been a part of? How many yeah. failed fucking things has she been a part of? How many times has she blatantly jobbed out to people who are really not in her league? No. Like, she is legitimately very talented. Very talented. Yeah. But... They don't really... They know that she's not marketable. According to them. Their standards, she's not marketable. And in some level of realistic standards, she's not marketable either. Here's here's the thing, though. Like, because I... Shane Baszler's not somebody you're going to send, like, to a talk show, you know, or, like, have as your world champion, you know, and be like, go out and promote. Like, she's she doesn't have a bankable look. She doesn't have, like... A bankable promo or anything like that. She doesn't have a ton of personality. She just sort of kicks ass. Yeah. And there are times that when that to. works. Yeah. But like overall, she is a athlete, not a sports entertainer. Yeah. I think the other problem, though, ultimately, is having Rhonda screws Shayna. Yes, because she has a more legitimate MMA career and more like fame as a fighter. Shayna was a fighter, but not of any yeah. note. And the thing is, because everybody considers Ronda the baddest woman on the planet, mm-hmm. though I doubt it, because uh, I've seen some of her fights, she has gotten the shit kicked out of her multiple times by different people. But she is good looking. She's she's easy going to talk to, like yeah. in interviews. She's marketable. But the thing is, is because they view her as the baddest woman on the planet, mm-hmm. and she's scary. The Shayna, who's actually scarier, mm-hmm. gets like neutered. In that yeah, sense, it's, it's unfortunate. Like, if you're gonna have Shayna be the monster, have her be the monster, and all the time, all the time, she needs to be booked in that like way that she, Roman gets booked, yeah. like where she's just fucking dominant. Honestly, like they need to book her like they booked Ken Shamrock. Yeah, scary, like, 
loose he cannon, came in fucking and murder people. people. Yeah. Like he was ankle locking and just ah, like losing his shit, breaking people. Right. That's what got him over. Yeah. It's not like Ken Shamrock has any massive great promo no. or anything. Go watch any of his fights. Unstable looking. Yes. Like he fucking. And she is unstable. Looking. And he leaned into it. Like yes. he was like, okay, this is what they see. Cool. I'm just gonna be that guy. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be scary as fuck, and you're going to be scared to get in the ring with yes. me. You're going to be shitless. There are guys that are, like, main event level guys that are like, I want to wrestle Ken Jammer. I can kick my ass. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing, is, like, she has... No one's afraid of Ronda Rousey. Like... <laughs> but everybody should be afraid of Shayna. Yes. Because she does have the skills to do right, it. Right, exactly. And, like, if they marketed her that way, like, go into that she's the unstable monster. You let Nikki Cross... Be a fucking psycho every goddamn time. Why can't Shayna do this? Right, like, right. It makes no sense. Well, they don't know how to book Nikki either, but whatever. Well, yeah, they flip flop. So yeah, that was a match that happened, and I have no desire to ever see it again <laughs> yeah. for any reason. Like yep. it just—it was a match that happened, and then we had the first good match of the night, yes. which was Gunther McIntyre and Sheamus for the IC belt. These are three big, scary hoss motherfuckers. Like stiff European, stiff European guys, guys that came up together through that shit. Like Gunther is the younger of them, or yeah. whatever. But like McIntyre and Shame has been wrestling together for twenty years now. Yeah, these guys know how to go out there and just like, Hoss. all right, fuck it, just beat the shit out of each other. And they did, and they did. Oh my they god, they beat each other like fucking circus monsters. Like all three of them. Like, just go look at pictures. You don't even need to watch. Woo! it. I suggest you watch it. But if you're not gonna watch it, just look at pictures of Gunther's chest. Of yes. Seamus's back and chest. Holy fucking shnikes. look at fucking McIntyre's hand. Yeah. Like they must have had mics everywhere that you could hear these chops and slaps. Yeah. I mean, like, people were bleeding from Right, and there's things. no wrestling fan that is not gonna enjoy this match. Oh, I mean I love this the, the match. The spot where they second. set up where Seamus had Gunther and was doing the like the clubbing, uh, the clubbing uh, yeah, but at the same shit, time yeah. McIntyre slapping him in the like doing oh, chops yeah. to him in between the clubbing, oh. you know that was brutal. And then Sheamus getting hold of McIntyre mm-hmm. and clubbing him almost thirty fucking times just to the point that the he crowd collapsed. was literally out there fucking like swimming in their own jizz. Yeah, like this fucking it match. was a goddamn like quintessential hoss. Yeah, there's nothing match. more fun than watching. Big guys just knock the fucking shit out of yeah. each other, and it was over the Intercontinental Championship, right? And it, and it made it seem like this belt meant something, yeah. Like putting it on a guy like Gunther, who's got a ton of potential, yeah, and it already massively talented, and is legitimately got that air about him that's yeah. like scary. And to watch again, McIntyre, who's got that similar sort of air yep. too, but is you know more of a baby face, and Sheamus, who's been around forever, and this is, is the only who's title a multi-time, he has right? Who's a multi-time world champion? Yep. He's done everything but this. He has a, a a dog in this fight, and then the breakup of the you know friendship and shit comes between them with their too. story. Like, there's just enough story there to make yeah. it make sense. Yep. And then they just went in there and clubbered the living fuck out of each other. All three of them, their chests looked like hamburger meat. Oh, By the end God. of this fucking match, it was disturbing. Jesus. And like the and thing is, when they're Gunther all varying won, degrees of like, tan. Right. So it's just like, oh. When oh. Gunther walks out of there as a winner, you've, you're like, fuck yeah, this guy's Gun- like the best. Gunther has defeated yeah. two, <laughs> two multi fucking monsters champions. Yes. Yeah. With McIntyre and Sheamus, this guy just went over two guys that have have like combined like six world titles between them. And then like he took the <laughs> ass whooping from both of them. Like yeah. they double teamed him like no tomorrow. 
and he managed to be like, fuck you, and gave it just as well. Talk about two guys that are established putting over another guy. This is how you do it. This guy absolutely walked out of this match in a better position than he walked into it. Reading the tweet that uh, Regal like put afterwards was like, you could see the fucking European pride just yes. beaming from this. He's, oh, like, yeah. he's like, this day, every day, this is how Europeans do it. Like, yes. this, this is why we built this fucking business. This is like, the strong style. This like, is how we kick ass. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, dear God, I don't think anybody who doesn't know that style could have made it in that match. Yeah. You would have stuck, like, some fucking soft-ass fucking country boy in there that's like, I'm going to go toe it. No. They'd have beat the shit out. The only other person I would have loved to have seen in there would have been um, uh, Barrett. Yeah, Wade like, Barrett. Yeah, Wade Barrett. What a missed opportunity that was. Yeah. Like, dear God, the level of fucking just yeah. hoss. I, I tell you, it was one of my favorite matches I've seen in a long yeah. time. And like a, just a brutal. I really had no feelings about Gunther before this match, but walking out, he's earned my respect. Mm-hmm. He's earned he earned me as a fan. Like a I'm like, God damn, that guy's and badass. And the Imperium thing works. Scary, scary. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You had a big Irish, a big Scottish, and a big Austrian. Like this is a dude that could absolutely be a dominant world champion. Yes, without question. Now, will they do that? Fuck no, because he's not American or marketable in that sort of way. Yeah, but the fans love him. But the, but he's over as fuck. Over as shit. I mean, he is over. Yeah. Awesome match, no complaints. <laughs> uh, then there was the Bianca and Oscar. I knew from the get go what we were going to get with this match. Okay, so here's what I will say: both of these women are very talented. Yes, absolutely. Oscar is amazing. She's never gotten the pushes that she should have. She's never gotten the recognition that she should. Because of the limitations of her promo skills and stuff. Because, again, English is not her first language. No. And Bianca... All this is, is like, if literally she could cut a solid American promo, she'd have the belt. Yeah, absolutely. Bianca is super marketable. Yep. uh, Very talented, super athletically gifted. Super approachable as far as Very approachable. Seems like a great person. Like, really into, like, the whole being a, you know, a multimedia kind of superstar, that sort of thing. Very, very talented. Awesome. I don't think they work together because no. of, like, their difference in their styles. The styles, the communication. It's not a bad like, match. No. By any stretch of the imagination. It's a totally fine match. Yeah. But they just never quite got into a groove. Yeah. And that sucks. Like, it, it wasn't a bad match. No, it's just one of those, it's a clash of styles and yes. chemistry. And sometimes that's awesome. Yeah. And then sometimes it's this. And this is okay. Yeah. Not to mention, Bianca was having a really bad wardrobe malfunction. Oh, yeah. Like, you could tell was definitely on her mind. Yeah, like, her her whole outfit was, like, weirdly baggy. I think, like, maybe it was the wrong size or something. It was, like, the top was weird. And, like, there was a lot of, like, when she would lay back, there would be slippage. And there's multiple times in the match where you can watch her, like, covering herself when something's happening. Yeah. Yeah. She was having some, you know, boobery issues, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah some Nikki. But again, they had a fine match. It was yeah. fine. Uh, she, you know, Oscar did the job, which I assumed that was what was going to happen. And, you know, no disrespect to Bianca whatsoever. Like, she's a great champion. She's works for that spot. She's absolutely what they want in a in a you know champion. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's it is, but it's like one of those like the better women's championship match was the SmackDown one and this is supposed to be your flagship brand. Yeah. And yeah. it's like 
Yeah. This one was not... There are better people that could have been in this spot. Yes. Like... Most of them were in that stupid six pack. Yeah, match. I mean, the, there's several women that are in that match that could have had a much better match with oh, yeah. with Bianca. Yeah, but no disrespect. Like I said, no disrespect to either one of them. They just no. their styles just don't mesh well. No, so it was what it was. Uh, and then we had Hell in a Cell. Yes, this match was fucking great. Oh my god! It's been a long time, I think, since there's been a really good Hell in a Cell match, and yeah. this definitely was one. I would say the last one I remember was Roman and uh, Bray. Bray, yeah, yeah, that was a good that one. Was like yeah, a really good one. But that was God five six years ago. I know that's what I'm saying. Like Hell in a Cell is a gimmick that's like it's hard because they made it like a pay per view, and it should only be brought out for like very extreme shit. And this storyline fit that bill. Yes. It's been totally. going on for a long time. Edge has been fighting against the faction he created, and they booted him the fuck out Especially of. Especially Finn, who's the one yeah. who fucking and made the coup on like, it. There's been going. There's been a lot of back and forth. Like, Judgment Day has become really interesting, like, without him. And, mm-hmm. like, Edge went to a good place with, like, his promo stuff. Like, yeah, his promos have gotten some heat. Because, like, he cuts a promo from a different era. Yeah, he absolutely does. Like, he's he not necessarily in touch with what promos are these days. Yeah. But he's insanely talented. The guy is, like, 50, you know? <laughs> like, to the be fact out that there. He's still back wrestling. Right. The, fucking treat. The fact that he ever got to step back in the ring after what happened with his neck and shit, like, is a treat to get to see yeah. him go out there and, and work and with a guy. I guess, like, somebody like Finn, right. who honestly. Is insanely talented. Insanely talented, but unfortunately is smaller stature wise than they prefer yeah. and for a while there was pretty injury prone yeah in the in the sense of concussions which kind of almost took his career away from him he works a high risk style he does and would i say that he would be more comfortable somewhere else yeah probably okay. but this match was awesome yes like brutal yeah I mean, you got Brood Edge, really Brood Edge, and then Demon Ballad. Yeah, the entrances for this match were fucking awesome, awesome. And epic, and very mania. Yeah, like this is what you're thinking when you're thinking like a WrestleMania entrance, a WrestleMania Hell in the Cell. Right, Edge's entrance is fucking epic. His gear was yeah. amazing. Like his coat, I want that desperately in my life. Like that's actually from a company that I found it's on so Facebook. So fucking cool. Yeah, tell me that's not one of the coolest pieces of entrance oh, yeah. gear you've ever seen. They and made it Finn, for like the demon entrance, will pop a crowd like nothing else. Especially because he incorporated like the Judgment Day colors now, right? So, and that yeah. just made it even fucking. And cooler. then the, like the small little things, like they painted the kendo sticks purple, right, and red, red for, yeah, like, for them. Then the tables and mm-hmm. shit, like that shit was crazy. And then we had one of the ooh, one of the craziest fucking like about halfway into the match, a ladder gets involved, and Edge throws a ladder at Finn. Yeah. Finn threw his hand up to block like you're supposed to, but the ladder went over his hand and, like, ripped, caught a giant split. hole in his head. Put a vagina yeah. on the top of his head. And it bled like a stuck pig. And with, like, this day and age of what they do or whatever, they're like, fuck, we gotta fix this shit. Yeah. So there was a, there was a good amount of, like, five minutes of, like, heavy vamping from Edge and, like pacing around like he did a great job of not making it feel like this works right like he kept the crowd edging like it was an edging yeah. thing like it was like but like he was like okay looking for weapons looking yeah. for things doing all this like stuff pacing around like a fucking bull like ready to kill yeah. ready to like, kill blood is blood has been shown right it's like, like it's I'm about to fucking like well while go this after happening this. is the medical team is out there and we didn't find this out till later but apparently what happened was they literally during the match in the middle of this fucking thing 
hit Finn with a numbing agent in his mm-hmm. head and then stapled his head shut so he could then finish the match. Yeah. And it just, it added to it. Oh, yeah. Because, like, Edge was smart enough to know what you need to do to keep this shit going. And then when they finally hit each other again, they both went with, like, massive ferocity and yeah. just started fucking nailing each other. And the thing is, he was still bleeding, but because of it, how his face paint is, it fins, just kind of mixed in. It kind of mixed in. So it it's made like, him scarier. It made him scarier. <laughs> you knew there was blood. Mm-hmm. You didn't see it in the sense of, like, oh, they don't like to show blood that way anymore. But, like, we all knew it was there. We knew it was happening. So it was, like, it was very, like, sleight of hand. Yes. But it made it way better. It added it added a dimension that they couldn't have that you know, fucking known was spot happen. where fucking Finn gets up on the cage and yeah. they have this little perch There's for like him. There's a little platform there. And then there, he yeah. fucking jumps to go through. Like, I did laugh at that. Like, why is there a diving board randomly on the side of the hell yeah. cell? But whatever. Because it's Finn. Yeah. <laughs> and he was going to coup de gras edge through a table. But they did this great thing with like he got up there and they put the camera on his face and he looked fucking deranged. Yes, because when he goes into Demon, he goes right. fucking he's like, ah, yeah, he's you know, like, ah, fucking tongues wagging shit. and shit, and like, the face paint and the blood. Oh, yeah. Like, it really just worked. Yes. And then, you know, he went over, of course. Yeah. Which he needed to, and again, that's another example of a guy who's established putting over a guy. Did he? I it, thought Edge won. No, I'm pretty sure he went over, didn't he? I don't know. Oh, I you know what? I, I think look, Edge, look it up on yours. No, Edge won. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. Edge did win, yeah. Edge did win. Yeah, but it was, like, not a question of, like, he buried Finn or something. No. It was, like, this is the logical end point of the storyline again. Like, amazing how there's examples of this, and then they really don't know how to do it in other places. Yeah. But, like, this was the logical end to it. Like, Ray's ended the way it's supposed to, yep. and this ended the way it's supposed to. Like, yep. no, you cannot kill the creation that you made. Yeah. And that made sense, and Edge is like, fuck me, like, I've done everything I can do. Yeah. Can you go on from this and, like, continue this? Absolutely. Will they? I don't know, because, like, Edge not. is probably going to take some time off, I'm yeah. sure. Like, he knows that he's got this much time, you yes. know, left. And he's got he's gonna use only it and, so many more matches, right. especially at, like, the way he's been going. But, like, so. as a faction, Judgment Day went over really high yeah. on this whole show. Like, except for the fact that Damien Except for Damien Priest had nothing to do. <laughs> no match. He no was out there nothing. for like Dominic's Dominic match, day, but that was it. That was it. Yeah. I feel bad. He's really, really talented, and they really should be using him better. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So that was a great match. Loved it. Absolutely would watch it again. So, tons and tons of fun. Tons of fun. <laughs> okay. We're and then we get to the main event. <laughs> so if you've been following, you know, wrestling in general, Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns is the main event. For both world titles. Because everything's unified these days. Roman Reigns has been champion for like four years now. Yeah. It's uh, 800. It was 800 and some odd days. Yeah. Uh, they were 700 and some odd days. Yeah, 700 and some odd days. Um, this made it. This made it 800 and some odd days yeah. now. The story was built really well. Yeah. Uh, Paul Heyman is one of the greatest managers slash promo cutters in the history of wrestling. Fuck you if you disagree with me. You're an idiot. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be like, it's an opinion thing. No, he just is. Yeah, he does. He just is. Yeah. He is phenomenal at whatever you need him to do. Yeah. If he needs to be, like, the pure heel manager, or if he needs to be the sycophant, like, he's really good at being a sycophant. Yeah. Like, oh, Roman, you're so fucking amazing, I don't want to suck your dick. Like, that shit, like, it works. And that's why the Bloodline shit got over like it did. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I will give Paul Heyman about 70% of the credit on oh, yeah. why this shit got over like it did. Uh, there's two people Because with, that, if you take him out of that equation, yeah. that faction did not get over there, the There's same two way. people that got the faction over, and one of them was Paul Heyman, and the other was Sami Zayn. Yeah. yeah. No one of the actual bloodline got that fucking faction mm-hmm. over, in my opinion. I'm sorry. I don't disagree. So, great promo stuff, like, leading up to it, um... You can half-ass count Roman's promos there. Every promo you've ever heard from Roman is exactly the same. Yeah. The guy is fucking useless on the mic to me. Like, his, his promos are better than they were when he started, but that's, that's not really saying that's much. Not, like, yeah. They're still not even, like, really good. No. They went from, like, fucking terrible to, like, meh. Just shut up and say acknowledge me and just yeah. do the thing, whatever. Cody, on the other hand, is a phenomenal promo. Yeah. He, again, we talked about it earlier, he went out, you know, he wasn't satisfied with his lot in there. They knew that Vince was never going to push him to a certain level. He said, cool, I'll go do my own thing. He went to Japan. He went to, you know, Impact. He went to, you know, MLW, all these fucking places. And he went out there and blazed his own trail. He learned from new people. He had matches with people he's never, you know, had a style with before. He learned how to be an all-around, 100% yeah. coverage performer. Yep. And that is what he is. He's great at it. Yeah. And he's got to that point, like, and he, you know, started AEW. There would be no AEW without, you know, yeah. Cody Rhodes being there. He took those risks. He helped build that company. Yeah, Tony Khan fronted money, but ultimately that means dick if there's nothing there. I mean, there. that's, uh, yeah, Ted Turner fronted right, money for exactly. WCW, but would I say he's the one who's... No, he's not the genius no. behind it or anything. No. You give that credit to Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, those guys. Yeah. As much as I dislike those other three guys... Jericho. They're absolutely a part of that story yeah. and a big part of it, and that shit would not exist without those guys. Yeah. He made that successful. He made limitation for himself. He didn't want to be Jeff Jarrett. He didn't want to be his own dad, you know, in some respects. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be a world champion. Yeah. I, I, this is, I am not going for the world title. No. You know, he had certain matches for it. If I didn't win it here, it's never happening again. Yeah. I respect that. I respect a guy who's that high up in something who's like, no, I'm not going to be the booker as the champion, or I'm not yeah. going to be the vice president as the champion. Yeah. Respect. So, did his time there. was like, you know, there's a lot of feelers wanting to bring him back. They started to see the potential that he really had, and, you know, they made it happen. Yeah. And he basically walked in and set his own terms. Yeah. And he could because of how hard he'd worked. Yep. And it was a big get for them. A huge get. And when he debuted at Mania last year, the place came unglued. Yeah. The match he had with Seth Rollins was fucking poetry. Yeah. He had, you know, this series of matches with Seth Rollins and then the injury happened. And even that. And he worked through that. And he gained cred. Yeah. Like that street cred shit with wrestling, with the guys, and with the fans, you went out there with a blown fucking pack. And did a hell in a cell. And did a fucking hell in a cell with a guy who will beat the living shit out of you. Yeah. And they had phenomenal Phenomenal shit. shit. Excuse me, guys. (coughs) My voice is... I just got off work before we started this, so... (laughs) So it's going. My voice is just blown out. Yeah. Uh, They built it really well. Yeah. The promos were great. Cody went in there talking about, I'm going to do the thing that my dad can never do. The promos I'm going to do the thing. Yeah. Between Heyman. Cody and Paul Heyman. Yeah. Cody was like, I'm going to do this thing that my dad can never do. I'm going to finish my story. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be this champion that I know I can be. Yeah. 
it was beautiful. The fans were like literally just, fucking just worshiping at this guy. The energy behind yeah. it was like he made you believe every bit of it. By far the most over pure baby face there's been and I couldn't even tell you since maybe Cena. Yeah. Like and that again was more of a creation. Yeah. But it got to that point. But like Cody made himself like he did this. Yeah. They didn't get him over. He got him. And over. that's the problem. Yes. Vince McMahon and they can say all they want to oh no this wasn't Vince's idea this wasn't no he wasn't no no this is our this is the story no I don't believe you you are lying because Vince McMahon if you've been watching wrestling as long as I have and as long as you have you know what Vince does yep if you got over somewhere else he's not putting you over here you're fucked you're fucked you only hit so far yes ask Booker ask DDP Ask all those guys. Sting. AJ. AJ. AJ had to fight and fucking claw to get there. And even then. And even then, like, yeah, he got a couple of reigns, whatever, but he he wasn't even on the show. No. (laughs) Goldberg is, like, one of the examples of, like, a guy actually. Deny him. And you couldn't do it. And the thing is, they fucked up the first time. Yeah. When he came back later on as an older guy and they did the quick matches and he got a couple of title reigns. Fine. Yeah. But, like, if he had never come back, you would count him in those failures, too. Yeah, he won a world title, but it meant nothing. Scott Steiner, joke. Yeah. Fucking even... DDP? Yeah, DDP. Fucking joke. Fucked him. Booker had to fight and claw for literally everything, and they wouldn't put the belt on him until he came up with a wacky-ass character to do it with. The fucking, what is it, Eddie, Chris, and all of them... Yeah. Only reason they were even able to is because they vacated WCW long before they ever bought the company. Mm-hmm. They switched over to WWE, and even then, and long before they 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 weren't top level guys there. No, and even like then, Benoit was those guys still. Yeah. He was a horseman, so there was like some credit there. But even then, they still had to fucking fight. Yeah, and it wasn't it. like they walked in the door and immediately they were fucking champion. No, no, no. So. There was no other way to end this, satisfyingly, mm-hmm. than for Cody to go over. Yeah. Because with Roman Reigns as champion, he's been champion this long. In the old days, this was totally normal. Mm-hmm. Guys would be champ- like Bob Backlund, Bruno San Martino, those guys. Champions for years, Hulk Hogan. Three or four year title reigns, not a big deal. That's what they did. Like, you had a top guy, and he just fought all comers, basically. Yeah. That's not wrestling anymore. Like, no. you to have like a year long title reign is like unheard of. Which Bianca has, right? Like, that's like, a oh, big deal. Yeah, right. But Roman, <laughs> and, and you know what? You can like Roman Reigns. It's fine. Like, if you like Roman Reigns, that's cool. I don't dislike him as a guy. I don't dislike him as a performer necessarily. Yeah, he's pretty basic. Like, but, but I don't feel like he's he's the thing. That's so big that he should have a reign this goddamn long. I hate to say this, and and it's probably going to be like controversial to say, but here's the thing: The Rock fucked up wrestling for every Samoan guy after him, especially ones that are related to him. Yeah, because he was the one in a million. Yeah, that was in you know had the natural talent and ability, was a legacy guy, has that lineage or whatever, got himself over. But here's. And is that level of talent? Here's the thing: when you watch The Rock, when you see The Rock and his skills and stuff, and as far as like his on the mic and everything, 
I don't attribute that to any of his Samoan heritage. That's his dad. Yeah. If you've watched his dad on the right, mic right. and do promos, that was his dad. Yeah, I mean, like, Rocky Johnson was an insanely talented guy and a great tag team wrestler. Never, like, as talented as his son turned out to no. be. But, like, yes, that is where it comes from. Yeah. The problem is that, like, because The Rock got over, and he is a Samoan guy, like, a half-Samoan guy, this thought process has gotten to Vince's head that, like, that's what people like about The Rock. It's not. No. It doesn't factor into the fucking equation. No. And... I'll tell you right now, if he didn't get the big-ass Samoan tattoo, most (laughs) motherfuckers wouldn't even know he was Samoan. Right, because he doesn't necessarily talk about it all that much. No. Like... He does more now. Yeah. But, like... No, when he was The Rock, it was not anything It's about like when Roman Reigns first started, when they brought him up like with the shield and shit, like he was the guy who was the heavy of the group. He didn't do a ton. He mostly just came in to clean up. You also know that like he wore contacts that right. made his eyes look like blue. Yeah. And they, you know, he was very light-skinned, and they mm-hmm. painted him away where he did not look Samoan at no, all. No, they didn't lean into that until later. No. And they didn't make a thing out of him being, like, family lineage or whatever back then. Yeah. And they got it in their head that he was the guy who was going to be the next big thing. Well, Vince did. Yeah. And they started pushing him. And here's the thing about Roman. And the difference between, like, a lot of people make comparison to John Cena and Roman Reigns. They were pushed the same way. Yes, that's true. Yes. But John Cena (laughs) is better, like, in every aspect. Yeah. Great heel. He was a great heel in his younger days. Yep. Phenomenal babyface. Yeah. Got pushed to the moon. Yep. Got booed out of the building. Yep. But eventually, the switch flipped. Yeah. And people figured out, this guy is as good as they're saying he is. And that's the thing. He had the skills. Yeah. Like, John on the mic is probably one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. Is in-ring stuff passable? He's a B+. Plus. He is a solid B+. Plus. Solid B+. Plus. His mic skills... A plus. A all the pluses. Yeah. Like, and it, when they had him feud with The Rock, it cemented that. Yeah. Because they went out there and shredded each other. Yeah. He held his ground. He held his ground with a guy who's one of the best promos of all time. Yeah. Roman does not have this ability. Flash forward to the promo war between Roman and John Cena. And John Cena, yes. They had that same feud. And it didn't get Roman over. And it didn't get Roman over because John Cena walked out and ripped him to shreds. And Roman read a script. Roman couldn't even read the script. He yeah. fucking John commented that he was like, "I'll like you're stumbling, bumbling, fumbling, like, motherfucker." You're, you're like, have to learn to do this shit. Like that brutal. That is one of the all-time most brutal promo ass whoopings yep. I've ever seen it's in sad. my life. It, like you watch it and you're like, "Oh, I feel so bad for you." You could you could <laughs> see it in his face. He did not expect John to rip his ass like this. <laughs> And, like, yeah, there's a lot of comparisons with, like, Roman and The Rock. Yeah, they're both, you know, from the same family. They both were football players, all that shit. Like, here's the difference between the two of them. The Rock had wrestling in his brain as a kid. Like, yeah, Roman grew up with it. But, like, he's even said, I never thought about being a wrestler until football didn't pan out. Yeah. And he's the first to admit that. Yep. Like, yeah, my dad was my dad's a wrestler. My uncles are wrestlers. My cousins are wrestlers, whatever. He's like, that's not necessarily what I, you know, I wasn't big into it. Cool. The Rock is not that guy. The Rock was like, I fucking love wrestling. Yeah, he played football and it did, you know, when it didn't pan out, he did go to wrestling, but he loved wrestling from, like, this high. Yeah. So, Roman is not a naturally charismatic guy. Yeah. 
he is like I've seen him in interviews and stuff where he's not like in character and he's totally just a normal dude. Yeah, like he comes off as a normal guy. But that's the problem. He doesn't he's have like a, a huge personality. Yeah, he's just a normal. He's just a guy. guy. He's but just you watch a, interviews of like The Rock, John yeah. Cena, some of these other guys. Even as regular people, yeah, Batista, like any of those guys, Triple H, even, yeah, like their normal persona is pretty out there. Like yeah. they're big, gregarious, like yeah. talking, like control the room, alpha motherfuckers. Roman does not come off that way. He's kind of a soft-spoken dude. He's kind of quiet. Yeah, he's kind of more just like yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. He's a nice dude. Mm-hmm. And then like they pushed him to the moon. It didn't get over. They tried it as a baby face. They tried it as a heel for a little bit. Didn't work either way. Still got pushed. Yep. The Rumble a couple years ago happened. They put him over in the Rumble when he was not the guy that should have won that match. And then they threw the rock out there to try to put the, put him over. And the fans said, fuck you. And the rock looked like he shit himself. Because it damaged the rock. It did. It actually damaged his shit. Yeah. And he was like, oh, fuck. Like, you can see the moment. Where, like, he grabs Roman's arm at the end of that Rumble match, and he throws up in the air, and the crowd says, No! And The Rock is like, Oh, fuck. Like, you can see the shit drain it's from his face. It's almost like they, they sold him <clears throat> a bill of goods. Yeah. Like, he hadn't been watching this and didn't realize how No, not, I don't think he did. I don't think he yeah. knew how not over he was getting. No. And then he came out like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll just give him a nice little push. It'll be great. You know, yeah, no, it'll be great. Just yeah. that last cousin, little over, you know, the thing that he right. And then he got there, and he was like, Oh, y'all Whoa. didn't tell me they hate this motherfucker. Y'all didn't tell like, me that nobody cares about Roman. Like, like they hate him. Like, they shit. actively hate this motherfucker. And now I look like a jackass. So, Roman had cancer. Yep. That sucks. That does. So hard. Yep. And I felt deeply for the guy. And he, you know, had to step away. And he beat it. And yep. that's fucking amazing, man. Like, no, no, in all seriousness, like, I'm so fucking elated for that guy yeah. that... He could come back to doing this thing that he does and, like, you know, beat this shit. And for a minute, it got him over. Mm-hmm. Like, he came back as a baby face. People were like, fuck yeah, man. Like, you, you, you beat, beat cancer. cancer. Like, cool, we're behind it. Yeah. And then the promo started. And then it just sort of... Yeah, they were like, oh, shit, you still suck at this promo thing. And they went from, like, you know, a couple weeks in, they're still cheering him to, like, a month in, and they're booing him. Again, and he's yeah. still a baby face. And then they put him in matches with guys that are hateable, and they still get booed. Yeah. And it's like, then the bloodline thing eventually happens. Yeah. Roman is a better heel than a baby face. Yes, absolutely. Yep. But he's still not a very good heel. No. He is. He's they position this guy he's who's a, great a big heel with a good right. mouth. But like, he's a, he's this guy who's a big dude. Who is you know physically impressive to look at? He's got a look. He looks mm-hmm. kind of like Jason Momoa. Yeah, like he's good looking. Whatever. Like, yeah, he should be the kind of heel that's like dominating shit. Yeah, like if you want to make him a, that kind of heel, like where he's just kicking ass and like he doesn't have to cheat to win. He's just that good. Yeah, that could in theory work if he were a better worker. Yeah, which he's not. No, uh, he, he can but work a pass by like, He's about a C plus worker. Yeah, but they think by giving him victories over aging Undertaker and like, right. oh, this is my yard now, blah 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 blah. But shit. the problem with that theory is that this bloodline shit diluted it incredibly because all of these victories were by hook or by crook. Yeah. So that's more like a heel that's smaller, yes. that's less physically imposing, that has to win by like devious means. 
but then you're making him this like I'm the head of the family, I'm the head of the table, I'm the the be all end all. Me, but I can't win without fifteen guys helping me. Yeah, this these two one of these things does not work with the other. No, and they tried to fuse. The they're two like, teams. oh, the bloodline is the most dominant faction like in history or whatever. Only because you've made it that way. Yeah, it didn't get over organically. Like before the bloodline, the Usos were one of Job those guys. like jobber fucking tag they were, teams. They were every other Samoan tag team you've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. Now all of a sudden they're kicking guys way out of their league's asses. Mm-hmm. That makes no fucking and sense. And then they're really street all of a sudden for some reason. Well, that like, <laughs> basically, I think what honestly happened was they're like, okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna make you street, and then you see these young bucks just super kick the shit out of everything because mm-hmm. apparently that's how you win. Just super kick the shit out of everything. And that's and they're like, okay, now you're with Roman. Cool. Okay, like that was okay. Like, oh yeah, yeah you're gonna put him there. He's their like insurance policy, whatever. Yeah. Cool. I could get behind that, and it sort of worked. They're cousins. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Like yeah. they've been job guys forever, but we're supposed to believe they're not anymore. Cool. Yep. Whatever. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You've changed their look enough, and you've changed their presentation enough to where it is believable. It is a repackage. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. I can get behind that. They could be badass when they're being bad guys, but as good you, guys, they suck. You repackage Roman, you, like, take away his goofy chest protector, like, you slick back his hair, like, he you works out a, a little bit more, let him grow a beard, like, he looks a little bit more buff. Okay, cool. Good things. All good things. Makes him more incredible looking. But his promos never improve. No. He cuts the same promo now that he cut four years ago. So it's exactly the same. Mouth. So you gotta give him a mouth. So the best thing that they could ever do, they got Paul Heyman in there. Yep. And there's a lot of shit that went back and forth, whatever. But for the most part, he's consistently been the mouthpiece of this group. Yes. They did, you know, the family drama shit. They did the shit with him and, uh, which was, was it, shit, uh, the uh, short-term Jay. one. Jay. Uh, the one that's not forgettable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Poor Jimmy. Poor Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Jimmy has, like, zero. Jimmy was the, the table, DUI one. Yeah. Uh, no wonder. I'd have a drinking problem, too, if I were in that yeah. position. Uh, <laughs> he's also the one married to Trinity. You know. Yeah. So, that kind of worked, and there was, like, some shit that they did there that actually I liked a lot, like, the stuff with, you know, him and Jay having matches. Like, you're gonna Like, oh, okay, like, yeah, recognize me, give me some respect, I've been been your fucking toady or whatever, like, we're family, you should give me some fucking respect. Yeah. Cool. He eviscerated him. Yeah. Which, no shock, that was gonna happen. Jimmy's, uh, Jay Uso's not gonna be a main eventer. Yeah. Okay, so he falls back into line. Then you add Sami Zayn into that mix. Where he creeps in and it's kind well, of like Sokoa. no, no, he came later. Did he? Sammy was with them before Solo oh. Sokoa showed up because yeah. he was. Well, in you had team. Roman also go over Brock. Yes, you had Roman go over every motherfucker on earth. Yeah, literally every motherfucker, every main event guy, and some guys that aren't even main event guys. Yeah, he went over everybody. Yep, whether it made sense or not. No, and it was always the same way: interference, fuck finish. Yep. Roman wins. Yep. You're trying to build credibility on him as being this be-all, end-all guy, but he needs five guys helping him to win a fucking match. Yeah. So that credibility's not there, you know. Brock Lesnar didn't need that. He had Paul Heyman. He had that awesome shit or whatever. And yeah, occasionally they would cheat and shit, Paul Heyman trip a motherfucker, whatever. But Brock, believably, is frightening Mm -hmm. and will crush. And Roman is a big guy, but he's not 
so big. Yeah. He's a good-looking guy, but he's not so good-looking. He's big enough to be everyone under him, but right. guys his size, he needs the Usos right. or Sokoa or Sammy or like any of these motherfuckers. But the mistake they made was not letting him win those matches of guys that he could have been beating mm-hmm. without interference. Yeah. They just made it the bloodline interferes in everything. Yeah. No matter what, there's a fuck somewhere. Then you add Solo Sokoa in there. <laughs> Here's my fucking uh, Yelp review of Solo Sokoa. I've seen his NXT matches. He's a perfectly fine guy. Yeah. He can work a little. He is, again, every other fucking Samoan guy you've ever seen. Like, he looks like, you know, some lost member of Honestly, the fucking Samoan SWAT team. I was going to say, he looks to me, and I, I like I said it before, He's if you took the wet dream of Umaga and Rikishi... Being fused as one person, yeah, that's and maybe a little bit of Samoa Joe. That's who he, he is, is. A wish.com Samoa Joe. Yeah, I, I'm. I'll go to the hill on this one. He is Samoa a wish Samoa sure. Joe, except Joe can talk. Man, Not that he's the greatest promo in the history no, of but man. He can also fight, but he can also he can talk and he can, he is legitimately scary. Yes, Solo Sokoa is not big enough to be scary. Nope, and he's not agile enough to be scary in that way. No. He is a sort of tubby Samoan guy who they make look sort of like Taz with the fucking towel on his head and shit. And, like, he's quiet, never says anything. That's supposed to make him scared. All he can do is Samoan spike somebody. Right. And that's a move they stole from somebody else. Like, that's Umaga's move. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that this guy has shown me to justify they think he's the next big thing. Because they do. They really do think he's the next big thing. They think this guy is a main event guy. It's because they were able to get Roman to But they one. didn't, and that's the problem. He's not over that way. But like, in their <laughs> mind, they got him over. Right. But, so they're going to do it with Sokoa. Yeah, and it's it's not going to work, man. It's not. It's not going to work. You can put this guy over to the fucking moon, and it will never make a difference. And the thing, the thing with Roman is, like... They're like, oh, he's gonna, he's got this eight hundred and some odd day reign. Like, they're gonna take it over past a thousand. I guarantee it at this point. When you look at that all time greats list of like longest reigning champions, it's gonna be legend, legend, guy that Vince liked, legend, legend. Like (laughs) Roman Reigns is never gonna be thought of in the heady atmosphere of San Martino, Hogan. Bob Backlund, any of those guys. Yeah. Randy Savage, like any of the guys on that list. Yep. Never. No one's ever going to look at that list and be like, oh yeah, Roman Reigns, he was fucking amazing. I've never heard a single person utter this word, these yeah. words. And I don't think you ever will. Because he is fully, 100% a product of being pushed no matter what. Yeah. No matter, like... To spite the to fans. To spite the fans. Like, Vince has this boner for, like, pissing people off. Like, no... I know what you want because I'm a genius. Like you will do, you will eventually understand that I'm right. Yeah. It, and unfortunately, it's worked a few times. So he thinks it always works. Yeah. Well, you throw everything against the wall. Something's, Something's gonna, gonna stick, stick eventually. Yeah. yeah. And like Roman ain't a wacky wall walker, man. It didn't stick, and it's never gonna stick. No. And you can put him on this list, and he can be. He is fucking Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire on roids. Hitting this fucking the asterisk is there. It's this guy is this level because they just didn't give a fuck whether he was over or not. Nope. (laughs) And I hate to compare him to a guy I think is more talented, 
but he's kind of like Jeff Jarrett in the respect that, like, Jeff Jarrett's been world champion a bunch of times. Yeah. But do you think of Jeff Jarrett as being a world champion? Not really. really. You're like, yeah, he was world champion in the company he owned. Yeah. He was world champion in WCW because he sucked Vince Russo's dick. Yeah. I like Jeff Jarrett. I love him. I think he's crazy talented. But he was a champion in all the worst times. Right. He was never, like, a deserving legitimate champion. Yeah. And it's like, Roman is that too. Roman's got several title reigns, and he's got a big old impressive fucking record, but do I lit- to think of the litany of the history of fucking wrestling, or the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, and think yeah. Roman Reigns' face is going to be on that bitch? No. Fuck no! Like, everything that they say he's got, like, there's always, like, an asterisk with it. Like, oh, he beat The Undertaker, and I was like, no, no, no. No, he beat the really old Undertaker. Yeah, like, he beat, like, Undertaker <laughs> in a not great match. ready to retire. Right. Yeah, like... In a match that he looked lost in. Yes, because this guy actually knows what he's doing. Yeah. And that's the problem with Roman. It's like he has gotten to the point where he can passively work good matches. Yeah. With the right people. With the, yeah, the right if people. If you get him in there with somebody who's more talented than he is, he's going to have a good match. Yeah. If you put him in there with somebody who's not as talented or less, you know, See, whatever. If he's the most talented. If he's the, the best guy in the match, you're looking at a C, C match. Yeah. You're looking C at an C. also run. Yeah. But if you put him in there with a guy like, you know, Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, like those kind of guys, Kevin Owens, Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, they're going to have a great match. Yeah. It's going to be great because yeah. those guys are really fucking great. Yeah. And they can't help but have good matches. They just can't. Yeah. It's like, it reminds me of like that old classic story of that guy who like had those matches with Bret Hart off of TV and they thought, this guy's the next Hulk Hogan. And then they put him in a match with somebody else, and he fucking sucks. And you realize <laughs> Brett was the one who got him through those like, fucking matches. Yeah, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, you know, Shawn Michaels can wrestle a goddamn broomstick, and they look like it's they're fucking Roddy Piper, you know, Roddy like Piper these guys whatever. Were, this is what they there do. are some guys who just can wrestle and make guys look gold. Mm-hmm. Roman does not have that ability. No. And Cody went in there last night with a bunch of emotion, a really strong storyline, a really strong build. The fans are completely and totally 100% behind this guy. Yep. This was Lex Luger walking in to fucking SummerSlam. Yeah. And then walking out with the cheap, like, the also victory. You know, I won, you know, sort of, but I didn't get the championship. Yeah. This is this is what they've done to Cody's story. And like Triple H in these fucking press conferences is like, the stories have many levels, uh, and we're, things, uh, you don't know what's going to happen, uh, and maybe it would have been different, uh, but we don't know. Uh. Yeah, we do know, motherfucker. Because the second that three count hit, the collective wind was just knocked out of the arena. Yeah. People, the instantaneous reaction was... People were throwing shit. Why? Yeah. It was like... And not like, boo, like, oh, boo, the heel one. No, boo, like, what the fuck is wrong with you, boo? Like, I just got fucked finished. I want a refund, yeah, boo. Like, like, give me back my thousands of dollars for this ticket. I paid thousands of dollars to watch this shit jack off garbage. Fuck you. Like, and it's even worse because they put the extra effort into having Brody Lee's wife and son in the front row. Yeah. A guy who died tragically, who Cody is incredibly close to his son, who like he you know, he's he was there for them when the shit went down and they are in, they are so close. And they put him in the front row, Cody walked over before the match, it was the most beautiful thing you've his ever wife, seen. His baby his like, baby, yeah. Uh, gave fucking him the he's belt. holding his baby, like Cody's entrance gear was some of the most magnificent shit you've ever seen in your yes. life. Fucking gives this the was the most beautifully crafted thing to end with a fucking turd 
that I've literally ever seen in wrestling. I will go to my grave saying this yep. is the worst botch, bullshit, fuck up that Vince has ever fucking perpetrated. And this is the thing. Afterwards, they... You thought they fucked Brian Danielson? No, 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 no. There's nothing compared to no. this. They, uh... And which is funny because, like, the entire wrestling industry has just been tweeting, like, this is fucking bullshit. Like... Fuck WWE. WrestleMania sucks. And, like, s- several other permutations of that were trending on Twitter massively last yeah. night. I made a post right after the show. I hashtagged fuck WWE... 100,000 fucking posts under that hashtag. Yeah. And that was like two minutes after the show. God knows what it's at now. Oh, no. Yeah. It's no one horrible. agrees with this decision. No. And you could tell... The press conference was brutal. Oh, it was so bad. Fuck, I felt bad for Triple H. I you honestly just, did. He fucking... He oh went God. out there and towed the company line. He did. He went out there and like said what Vince told him to say. And I don't care what anybody else says. Oh, yeah, no, they're, no, they're all, they're all over this. Like, no, Vince wasn't involved. No, no, this decision was made weeks ago. You're lying. We know already. We're not stupid. You yeah. think Vince thinks everyone is stupid? That's yes. the problem. Vince McMahon thinks everyone's an idiot. Yeah, and that uh, he's smarter than you are. Well, motherfucker, I see your paw prints on this show so fucking deep. Yeah, and it's been happening ever since he showed up backstage. Yep, the paw prints are there, buddy. Yep. I don't care whether you say magically, he's not doing magically it. Magically, Austin Theory's his push is going back. It's just right like, back up to where it was before. Yeah. And you're like, no. Because when Vince was gone, his push died a death. Yep. Because Triple H was like, this motherfucker don't need to be pushed. Yeah. The second Vince starts creeping back in, well, well Austin Theory's magically U.S. champion. Yep. Magically fucking a main event sort of thing again. Defeating people like Bobby Lashley yeah. and hmm. all kinds of How other people. How strange is that? That he yes. has no business beating. <clears throat> I will go to my grave and tell you that Vince McMahon made this decision and I don't care who tells me what else. Oh, yeah. I will. I would literally bet my own life on it. And the thing is, they did it the way they've done it to his dad. Yep. It was a fucking dusty finish. It was shitty. Fucking Sokoa. Well, no, the dusty finish is the only thing that could have saved it. No, no. But, I mean, it was like, it looked like it was going to be a dusty yeah. finish. It was Sokoa got fucking booted. Mm-hmm. And once that happened, we knew the Usos were going to come in, and mm-hmm. then we like, and then on top of that, we knew Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were going to come in and right. fuck with them. That happened. That all cool. made sense. That all made sense. And then it was going to be Cody, fucking either takes out Heyman and then you know defeats Roman, right, or just defeats Roman right there. Nope. Somehow, out of the fucking ring or out of the fucking crowd, Sokoa in a <coughs> fucking hoodie shows up. Yeah. And Samoan spikes him. Right. Which, still, also believable. You know, that shit's happening. Well, they set it up like Roman had had him in the choke and shit, and so, like, yes, in theory, like, he's weakened because of that in his throat. Cool. That still makes sense. Yeah. But that that was the finish. Like, that immediately they go to the finish, and that's what takes it out. That should have been another near fall. That should have been the, the you know, you think yeah. it's over. The, the, the thing that makes no sense, and this is where, like, you can understand the storytelling just fell the fuck apart, and this was Vince's, like, cool, because if this, and this has happened in the past, a person who was ejected came mm-hmm. back and fucking did something, but they left, they snuck under the ring, they yeah. did something, because if they got caught there, right. the ref reversed the fucking call. Right. Sokoa literally is standing in right front there. of the ref. Yeah, the ref looking at him like, "Why are you here again?" Nothing. Right. No and so the logical story is the dusty finish. Like they do yeah. the pin. Everybody's pissed off. 
The referee's like, ho, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. No. Interference. This guy was ejected. Fuck that. The match restarts. Yeah. That's the logical finish. That is that the is. dusty finish. Yeah. So, no. And we're all, and you can tell the crowd was waiting for it. Yeah. And we were waiting for it. Like, looking at this ref, like, looking at the ramp, the looking at the ref, waiting for, like, no, honestly, I was waiting for Triple H's music. Yeah. Because that would have made sense. And been like, no, no, no. And then be like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, the restart of the match. Uh, Shit, like, even Vince's music. No, they would have pissed all over that. But I mean, like, <laughs> it's something you would have expected. Right, anything. Like, somebody in the Adam Pierce is supposed to be the fucking out, authority like, no, figure. this is bullshit. Start right. this shit the back over. No one shows the fuck up. Nothing. People are throwing shit in the ring. Like, Cody's just sitting there. Cody's just sitting there knowing that... He just got fucked. He just got fucked. Like, I felt genuinely bad for him. And the thing is, they're like, oh, Triple H is like, oh, there's more layers to the story. Cool. It doesn't matter, though. Because this is blue balls. This is you get it right to the point, and then you walk away. This is what you did with Brock and, and Yeah, you might bust a nut later, but it's not going to be as satisfying as that nut no. that you could have busted. Yeah. And that's what this is. Even if Cody gets the belt down the line, even if he beats Roman, it's not going to be the same impact it's not as be, what this would have been. Yeah, it's not going to be at WrestleMania. It's no. not going to be the story finisher. This is going to be the like, and somehow he eked it out. Yeah, this and is going to be like, oh, you're a good sport, so we're going to give it to you now. This, Roman's finally decided he wants the time off. And do I think off. Cody has enough talent to like to save it to some extent? Yeah, yes. absolutely. He can go out there tonight and he can cut like a blazing ass promo or whatever, and it might help. But it's not going to. It's hurt. never going to be as good as it could have been. In the thing is, this isn't going to hurt Cody. No, it hurts everything, everything else. else. Yeah, because. Cody doesn't walk out of here less of a star. Like, he went out there and had an epic match. Yeah. He worked his ass off if anything, to make this motherfucker look like gold. Right, you put him over like crazy. Yeah. In some respect. Yeah. Because now he the came fan out base there at the main like, event of WrestleMania, tore yeah. the fucking house down, but. Got fucked. Got fucked. Cool. That's a good story if this is like something else completely. Mm hmm. If Roman had been champion for two months or something. Or, right before SummerSlam. No, if Roman had been champion for like a year and this happened, I'd be like, okay, there's more to go. Mm-hmm. But this guy has been champion way point past the point where anyone gives a fuck. He's also destroyed everyone. everyone. There's no one else. Who's going to beat him? Who's going to challenge him and finally like... Or So, th- so this, is, this is your game plan. Cody can beat him. But he can't the first match. No. Roman has to win the very first match against each other. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Sokoa has to win the first match against him. Right. But then They could walk in there tonight on Raw, and he could drop that belt to Cody, and it would not mean as much as it would have meant on Sunday night. And they won't do that, obviously. There's no fucking way that's going to happen. No. But... I know how Vince thinks, and he's thinking, oh, well, you know, we'll play it out, pal. We'll have it out till SummerSlam, and then we'll do it then. Cool. You'll get Roman past that thousand days. You'll get him on that list that you want him on for some fucking reason so goddamn bad to prove yourself right. Yeah. You're still not right. Because you got one of your guys on <laughs> You're still not right. No. It's always going to be, look at all these awesome people there at the top of that list, and then there's Roman. That right. guy at the bottom. Right. Yeah. It's just it's it's a sad indictment. Because the thing is, when Roman, when Roman, style of wrestling. What, to me, when Roman retires, 
yeah. like a few years go past and stuff, and they're like, oh, Roman Reigns. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy, that's an example of what happens when you just say, fuck it, and you stick a fucking NASA rocket up his ass and say, we're going to push him against everything. Like, he has no longer, you can no longer look at John Cena as the, that guy anymore. No. It's now Roman Reigns. Right. Because, like, John got pushed to a point here and then got over. Right. Roman is like, no, no, hold my beer and I'm going. Right. Like, fucking moon landing, motherfucker. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it was. There's no It just logical... killed the whole show. Yeah. No matter what happened before that, like, thankfully, because of the two-day thing, I still have a good taste from night one. It didn't ruin that. And, like, half a decent taste from night two. I barely even have that because I was so goddamn mad. Yeah. And not in the, like, oh, that dastardly heel, he did it again, sort of mad. Like, that's the way they want you to be mad. But what you're really mad about is why don't they understand how to fucking book something in a way that makes fucking sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's Lord of the Rings four fucking endings in a row and your dick is soft like a goddamn fucking flag on a not windy day. This is why everybody's like, I love Two Towers, not Return of the King. Nobody gives a shit about Return of the King. Everybody, when you ask them what's your favorite Lord of the Rings movie, they're either going to say Fellowship or Two Towers. Most people are going to say Two Towers. Yeah. No one says Return of the King, because you know what everybody hates about that movie? The shitty-ass ending! Nine of them. (laughs) And that's what you're doing, that's what this has become. That is this, you've become Return of the King. And I tell you what, there are people that have hope out there, there are a small amount of them, that it's eventually going to happen and he's going to beat Roman. I hope that happens. Yeah. I, I am no longer confident it will. No. When it was just Triple H, creatively, yes. Because even Triple H knows, because he lived through the era of him in the evolution, and he knows, shit, I went too far with that. He has seen yeah. both on both sides of that camera what it looks like when you yeah. run a fucking He's thing too long. He's been half of that fucking story before. Yeah. Booker is the perfect example of that. They built this really fucked up, racist, shitty-ass story where Triple H talked down to Booker and basically called him everything but a yeah. N-word or whatever. Yeah. And the logical ending point of that, the only way that it makes any sense, the only Booker way that... beats it. Right. The only way that it's okay is that if Booker goes over in the end. But then the end, he just proved it. He was right. Yeah. And nobody beats Triple H. Because this was Evolution Triple H and Evolution Triple H was ungoddamn beatable. And I'm like, there's no way a guy who watched this happen and watched how it got shit on and watched how his own career suffered because of it. Yeah. That would book this match. No. I I tell you, this is not true. I don't no. care if he hated Cody. I don't care. Yeah. I honestly, everybody's like, oh, they they keep posting that gif of Cody smashing the throne or whatever. No, that's not why this happened. You can think that. You can you can be in the blissful fucking ignorance of thinking that Vince McMahon here's, didn't make this decision. Here's you're the wrong. Thing. Like, if anybody doesn't realize what the shit Triple H had to go through with the mm-hmm. click and the post click fallout, mm-hmm. he knows. So he's not going to hate on Dustin, or I mean Cody, mm-hmm. for this because he's like, I fucked myself. I've had to deal with some shit. Yeah. I know what you're going through. It, it's just, it's, I question why I even bother at this point. It, it's like, I've been a wrestling fan since I was five years old. 
and I seriously question if I should even bother continuing. Because it's not like AEW is offering me some massive fucking satisfying shit either. No. Mostly, there's some good shit there, but mostly they don't understand how to book either. No, because their booker is a goddamn fucking mark. rich mark. Massive rich mark. Massive rich mark. So, it is what it is. Uh, like, there's more shit to talk about, really, but we've been going, like, two fuck, over two hours now, uh, so yeah. I'm going to wrap it up. But, yeah. like, uh, just on the addendum there, WWE has merged with Endeavor... Yeah. It is now UFC and WWE are owned by the same people. What that means going forward, who the fuck knows? If hopefully it means that they'll figure out that Vince McMahon is a fucking 80 year old, uh, 80 year old, two year old, and be like, hey, uh, we don't like you, and then fucking negate him from the picture, which, God, I hope that happens. If not, whatever. But, like, am I eager to watch Raw tonight? No, I'm not going to. I mean, am I going to check the highlights? I'm going to check the highlights, yeah. I'm going to check the fucking results, whatever. But do I give a shit? No, not really. You've really given away all my fucks. Yeah. So I will say, if you're going to watch WrestleMania, watch watch night one, watch Hell in the Cell, watch the Sheamus match, whatever. Other than that, just fucking turn it off after Hell in the Cell. Yeah, fucking turn it off. If you don't want to just be royally fucking pissed off and ruin your damn day. The match is good. Yeah, it is a good match. But you know how it ends, and it's just going to fuck you up that much more. Yep. It's like having the best sex of your life for two hours, and then at the end of it, your dick gets off and you can't do anything else. Yep. That that is the equivalent of this match. Yep. Anyway, she if, looks at you, says, "I got mine." Rolls the right, over, rolls over, goes to sleep, and like, you're like, "Ah, oh, my balls hurt." Yeah, my balls were hurting last night, and yeah. they're still hurting today. Yeah. If by some stretch of the imagination you like what you heard today on the Basement Fodder Podcast, you can of course find us at our uh, home of uh, Spotify Podcasts, which has now been rebranded to Spotify Podcasts. Uh, oh, okay. It's not called uh, whatever the f- anchor, anchor anymore. Yeah, now they're yeah. just Spotify podcast. Okay, so you can find us on Spotify podcast and pretty much anywhere else you can find podcasts. If you want to interact with us on social media, I'm Todd Dave. He's Dave Basement of Doom, and Ariel is Ariel Beach on Facebook and on Twitter and Instagram. It is at Basement of Doom, and of course you can find Ariel. I think is uh, Ms. Beach on there as well. So you can find all those things. But uh, we will be back at some point talking about. Less off-pissing things, probably, but probably not. Because <laughs> no. God knows ranting is what we do best. So Rant like nobody's business. As always, from the basement, I'm Todd. I'm Dave. And until next time, the basement door is closed. Later, people.